more American than auto racing in the Motor City of Detroit. They look absolutely spectacular. Let's go, man. I love any car racing. Live from the raceway at Belle Isle Park in Detroit, Michigan. This is the NTT IndyCar Series on the IndyCar Radio Network. Uh, Chevrolet duel in Detroit as the chase for the championship resumes now that the dust has settled on the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500-mile race. I'm Mark Jaynes. Welcome, everyone. Let's not waste any time qualifying. Just about an hour ago or so, Pato Award picks up the second pole of his young NTT IndyCar Series career. Our Joel Sebastianelli caught up with it. Pato Award starting on the pole. You know, you've only been here a couple of times, but you wouldn't know it. How comfortable do you feel around this place? I feel good, man. I've always really enjoyed driving around this place. I think it really takes everything from the driver uh, to really nail a lap. And we did that. We did that for race one qualifying. Uh, we've got a job to finish later today, um, but the car has been feeling good. You know, it, we honestly rolled out of the gates very strong. So that's that's definitely been the you know the reason why we, we had a shot at it today. Uh, so we'll see what we got later today. In a sense, this is kind of like a double points weekend, isn't it, with two races? You are in the championship hunt. How important is it to get a good result today and tomorrow? Yes, I mean, I'm treating it as in like a double points weekend. Obviously, it's two races, but it's the amount of, you know, two races. You know, there's 100 points on the table, and we want to take as many as we can. Pato, good luck. Thanks, man. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, joins us now. And Davey, uh, you know, outside of the engineers and the teams, probably the most valuable uh, person to a driver this weekend has been that personal trainer. Uh, they're in for a tough, tough weekend here at Belle Isle. <laughs> yes, they are. And this track is super puppy, and it's hot and humid out here, Mark. So I asked Connor Daly as he came across the, the, the stage, I go, how's that uh, cool suit working? He goes, it doesn't. So uh, the, with these canopies, it's going to be extremely hot for these guys. But the bumpy and physical demanding uh, that this track is it's going to be it's going to be a challenge uh, you've been out a few times uh, on the two-seater been a while since any of us have been here in fact what's changed about it or is it just as usual fast and bumpy self yeah it really is it's, it's nothing really different um other than the bumps have increased a little bit the track's still fun it's a fun layout it's a fast layout all's good you know as far as that's concerned so uh uh, nothing really different from these drivers, but you got to remember a lot of drivers haven't been on this track, so we've seen a few of them with issues yesterday. Now they have to learn how to race this track, not just uh, not just uh, practice and qualify on it. Uh, 70 laps today for this race, uh, a total of five pit stops. Anybody going to get creative in terms of their pit strategy today? Absolutely, and you might as well. The guys in the back, you know, you got you know, Ray Hall and Frucci in the back, and then you got some guys even mid-pack, you know, including you know, Will Power and some of those guys that make go out of strategy a little bit because it's so difficult to pass here but one thing that we've seen in the Indy Lights race earlier and that we're going to see in the Indy car race as these tires wear in these hot conditions that their cars are going to handling is going to go off cars are going to slow down it's going to give opportunity for some passing zones so or passing not, not only in the passing zones but all around this track nine drivers starting on reds including the pole center award Jones in fourth New Garden in fifth power and Hunter Ray in seventh and eighth you interested by that uh, call at all well, you know what? It's going to be that. That is, that is interesting, actually. So I've never really seen that one out, but it is going to be interesting. Now, I have to say this with Pato. You know, these the, the, the young guns, are show, they have shown up. 
we've seen some of them make mistakes um, early on, but they haven't been making mistakes lately. So this track could force you into those. But you got some fast guys up front. It's going to be exciting with, you know, Rossi needing a little bit of luck on his side too. Hasn't had that good of luck. He's starting on that outside front row. Um, I, you know, you got to watch the guys are starting out front, but don't forget, strategy does play a big part in this. Alex Below, 36 points he has in terms of his championship lead, but a tough mountain to climb because of that engine change for the Indy 500. He rolls off dead last today, Davey. A lot of work to do. Yeah, you know, I think that's another guy that you're going to see. Why not go on a different strategy? If it comes up, take it. Go on a different strategy. And one of the strategies is if you're getting held up in traffic, try to get in. Do a pit stop, go out and clean air, and you're making up a lot of lap time. A lot of, lot of seconds are made up that way. So I, that's another another uh, guy that I expect him and that team to go on a different strategy to see how the outcome comes. Because what do you have to lose at that point? They're, he's not going to pass that many cars to try to win this race. For Most sure. challenging portion of this course today, where the drivers really need to be careful. Well, I, I think, you know, not so much careful, but just the demanding part is the slowest part of the racetrack. That seems to be the bumpy. It's down at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and that area is slower, but super, super bumpy. Now, where they get in trouble, real easy, off of turn two, over that bridge. It could be slick there. They could slide. We've seen guys getting that outside wall there before. And then, you know, be careful getting in turn three. Guys try to go two, three, sometimes four wide down into turn three. We've seen McLaughlin, McLaughlin in turn uh, f- uh, six, five, and six is, tr- is tricky as well. So you got to be careful in those areas as well. So um, it's it's going to be fun to watch. But there are places you can make mistakes for sure. Now you don't want to look too far ahead. You want to take care of the business that's in front of you. But simply put, everything I've gathered from everything that I've read this week, while there is concern about this race today and the physical toll it's going to take. I think the bigger concern is the toll that today takes on them in terms of being able to run 70 laps tomorrow. Yeah, that's exactly right. Today you're going to get through it. It's tomorrow. It's, it's how much are you beat up? How Are your hands beat up? Do you have blisters? Do you have to have some extra bandages on them? Because this wheel is jerking back and forth in your hand, and it's going to wear you out. So, uh, you know, a lot of these guys have, you know, sports therapists here to try to help them out as far as relaxing those muscles and getting them uh, strength for tomorrow. So it's tomorrow's going to be the key. Another thing is, guys, don't forget, don't crash in this first race because it's a lot of work to get that car fixed, come back to qualify tomorrow morning, go right into another race. Well, we've got to let you go because you're double dipping. Filling in for Mario Andretti this weekend, Davey. You're piloting the fastest seat in sports. Yeah, you know, if you're going to fill in for somebody, it might as well be Mario Andretti, right? So uh, happy to do it. Uh, haven't done it for a long time. I'm going to pace this field and, and these great drivers here at uh, this fabulous facility. Uh, we'll have you rejoin us a couple of laps in. Be safe out there. Have some fun. We can't wait to get uh, your thoughts and impressions on uh, working around Bell Island that two-seater. Talk to you in a few. All right. Maybe. Perfect. Thanks, guys. We'll be right on. Joel Sebastianelli rejoins us now. I'm going to talk to a couple of more drivers of the field. Let's get the thoughts and impressions of Renus VK, who all in all had a pretty good qualifying run earlier today. Renus VK rolling off 12th today. A new track for you. How comfortable do you feel here, and what kind of prep have you had to put in? Um, I feel really comfortable, actually. Uh, I think uh, throughout the years I learned to get used to a track really fast. So, uh, yeah, definitely feeling good. It's it's very crazy though you know you got to be on it every lap once you take a little take a little step back your seconds off so um yeah i feel good and i just did some simulator stuff actually the same preparation as i do for every 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 race we go to but i feel good car feels good so uh, that definitely helps me too wish you the best of luck today thank you Outside of row number six, he's joined in that row by Scott Dixon and uh, a pretty successful return so far for Roman Grosjean after 
not running the Indianapolis 500. He shows up in Detroit and puts it on the inside of row number two. Joel has caught up with him. Roman Grosjean starting third came here in a motorhome driving a lot faster today starting in third position after not running the Indianapolis 500 how great does it feel to get up to speed in Detroit it's cool it's a it's a nice circuit very very difficult very challenging and uh, you know yesterday we didn't uh, we didn't feel comfortable in, in free practice but the team made a really good work getting uh, my car to perform well today and uh, I think I missed Paul by making a driver error in the last sector uh, but anyway, we're in, we're in the game for the race, and uh, it's going to be exciting. Good luck today. Thank you. A good day for Roman Grosjean so far. As we mentioned, he will roll off on the inside of row number two, and he will jo- be joined in row number two by Ed Jones, Joseph Newgarten, and Colton Herta make up row number three. Will Power, Ryan Hunter-Ray, Pagano, and Bourdais among the top ten. Let's go back to Pit Road and check in with Joel. Ryan Marine actually standing by here with Dan Campbell, who is the head coach of the Detroit Lions and also the Grand Marshal for our race today. You showed up at a press conference, a Lions press conference, with a racing helmet on. You're taking this seriously, right? <laughs> well, look, obviously I was very excited about this. So uh, this is a new experience for me, but it uh, to me this signals the first sign of life really back this year from COVID in the Detroit area, and this is a great event. And uh, it's something that I wanted to be a part of, so I'm excited. Do you have any background in racing, or is this an eyes-wide-open kind of experience? Yeah, I don't. This is eyes-wide-open for me. And I tell you what, I've learned more in my four hours to this point than I ever even knew or thought of about this. And uh, so I, I am... Uh, I got much respect for these drivers, the crew, the owner, everything. So this has been great. What are the parallels between a race team and the athletes on these teams, the crews and the drivers, and what you experience day in and day out with the Lions? Yeah, you know what? That's easy. It's all about teamwork. Man, you got to have a good team. People think it's just the driver. It's not just the driver. you got to have a whole team, and they got to be in sync. Communication is paramount. And then just from the driver's aspect, they have to be disciplined. They have to be able to take the uh, physical toll and strain of what that car does and to be able to command it and uh, recover and all the things that go into uh, into that as far as it pertains to training as an athlete. That That's something I did not know. And, uh, man, I, I, it's been an eye-opener. I love it. Enjoy the experience. Will do. Thank you much. That's Dan Campbell, Lions head coach and grand marshal for today's race. Thank you, Ryan Marine. Apologies that we didn't give you the proper former welcome. Happy to have you on pit road for sure. When we come back, we'll go trackside for pre-race festivities at Belle Isle. Nineteen ninety-two, Cart Brand, Detroit, through two thousand one. In fact, IRL was here in 07 and 08. The NTT IndyCar Series returned to Belle Isle in twenty twelve after no race in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, or two thousand eleven. Uh, Bobby Rahal won the initial race. Danny Sullivan, Paul Tracy, um, among the winners early on. Let's go trackside. Color guard presents our nation's colors. Please remain standing as the president of the University of Detroit Jesuit High School and Academy, Reverend Theodore Munns, offers today's invocation. Let us pray. All-powerful and ever-living God, 
Everything is of your making. Today, we thank you for the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. We find joy in your presence at this race. Thank you for the drivers and their crews and those who built their cars. We thank you for Chairman Danker and his team and all the sponsors. We now implore you to bless this race and keep all drivers, crews, and spectators safe. As you have united us as brothers and sisters in your name, give us the grace to love all your people. May this race be to your glory, for you are Lord forever and ever. Amen. Enjoy the race. Thank you, Theodore Munns. Please welcome Rachel Mack from Romeo, Michigan, and a finalist from Seasons 20 of NBC's The Voice as she performs the Canadian Anthem and our National Anthem. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, through patriot love, in all of us command, with glowing hearts we see thee rise, the true north strong and free, from far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God, keep our land glorious and free. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard What so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets regular the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star spangled
really cool flyover by the Hooligan Flight Team at Belle Isle. Now here's the starting lineup for the Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix presented by Lear. Row 13. Alex Below, Spain. Row 12. Dalton Kellett, Canada. Scott McLaughlin, New Zealand. Row 11. Jimmy Johnson, United States. Santino Ferrucci, United States. Row 10. Graham Rahal, United States of America. Jack Harvey, Lincoln, England. Row 9. Max Chilton, England. Connor Daly, United States. Row 8. Takuma Sato, Japan. Marcus Eriksson, Sweden. Row 7. Felix Rosenquist, Sweden. James Hinchcliffe, Canada. Row 6. Rinus VK, the Netherlands. Scott Dixon, New Zealand. Row 5. Sébastien Bourdet, Le Mans, France. Simon Pagenaud, France. Row 4. Ryan Hunter Ray, United States. Will Power, Australia. Row 3. Colton Herta, United States of America. Joseph Newgarden, United States. Row 2. Ed Jones, Dubai. Romain Grosjean, France. On the outside of row one. Alexander Rossi, United States. And starting on the pole. Patricio Award, Monterey, Mexico. Uh, 2.35 miles in length, 14 turns. It's fast, it's tricky, it's rough, but it's bumpy. And we'll have help calling this one today as they start to set up for a very tricky but deceptively fast portion of this race course. Coming off of turn number four as they head to turn number five, that's where Nick Yeoman will pick them up. Yep, it is a left-hander of turn at number five with curbing to the inside, a tire barrier to the outside. That is uh, where Scott McLaughlin had problems yesterday when they clear turn five. That left-hander becomes a right-hander. It's a 90-degree right-hand turn of turn at number six. And then these drivers will run parallel to their left. They'll see the Detroit River. If they look to the right, they'll see a tree line here on Belle Isle all the way down to turn number seven. And uh, when they do uh, head toward turn number seven, which, again, is another very tricky portion of this race course and, again, deceptively fast, they'll come into the view of Michael Young. Thank you, Mark Jaynes. Good afternoon to you. A beautiful view here in turn number seven as I look back down the city street or the aisle street called the Strand. They will make a right-hander into turn number seven, which is Casino Way. The front right tire actually will get up and off the pavement as they make their way into that hard right-hander. They will then get up a couple of gears and work their way through turn number eight, which is a slight left-hander. Then they will go about another 200 yards or so to make their way to turn number nine, which is a left-hander, then a quick kink, and left hander in turn number 10 and then heavy on the brakes and then another hard right hander 90 degree turn which is turn number 11 it is beautiful the detroit princess riverboat just made its way down the detroit river beautiful sunny day can't wait to go racing the first of the double header here in detroit thank you michael look forward to the call a tight right hander is turn number 11 that is short straight away to 12 they barely have time to relax between 12 to 13 where it's another right hander and then a sweeping turn, which starts to set them up for turn number one. That area between one and two, deceptively fast, deceptively tricky, and you really got to be fast through there. And if you are, between two and three is where you can gain a ton of speed. Be interesting to watch it unfold. When we come back, we will go trackside for the command to start engines. This is the NTT IndyCar Series Radio Network. 
And before we get the command to start engines, we pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. give you an idea what you're dealing with here uh just one caution in 2017 2018 the highest number of cautions was eight back in 1999 and 2015 uh, there were 10 lead changes in 2014 no lead changes in 2001 and 2012 so just about anything can and has happened here uh, at bell isle scott dixon was your winner one year ago marcus erickson and will power uh, finished on the podium, but Graham Rahal uh, has won back-to-back here. As we mentioned, Scott Dixon's won here a couple of times. Joseph Newgarden has won here a couple of times. Will Power, Sebastian Bourdais went back-to-back in 2016 and 2015. As we mentioned, um, your pole center, Pottawa Ward, he'll be joined on the front road by Alexander Rossi as we get set to go trackside. Two races this weekend here on the streets of Belle Isle as the chase for the NTT Championship resumes. Let's go trackside for the command to start engines. Race fans, it's time for those most famous words in motorsports. Please welcome head coach of the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell. Drivers, start your engines. Roared alive. We're going to ask one of these talented drivers to give us an idea of what Belle Isle is like. Handing those shores today, the drivers that uh, will, driver will start on the inside of row number eight. A lap around now for Marcus Erickson. Going into turn one, uh, arriving in pretty high speed, down two gears to fourth. It's a pretty big bump there. You have to be a bit careful with it. Always snaps out the rear of the car. Um, hold tight, exit of one to get a good run uh, through two over the bump uh, at exit. So you want to be as straight as possible over that. Uh, long straight down to three, uh, try and maximize braking. Tricky with a tarmac change into the apex, so always a bit lower grip in the middle of the corner. Uh, turn four, use the curb at the apex to t- rotate the car. Uh, always puts the rear a bit on the edge. Uh, five, bumpy entry, some undershear in general in the middle of the corner. You want to be tied to the wall at exit. Uh, turn six, very important to focus on the exit of the corner. You want to get early on throttle for the, for the back straight. Back straight is pretty bumpy. Uh, towards the end, you want to line your car up so you have as straight as possible braking for turn seven. Uh, nothing special there. You just try and maximize the braking, uh, get on the throttle. Uh, turn eight, bumpy entry, and then it dips a lot at the apex. Uh, yeah, get some understeer easily there, and then some wheel spin in the exit. Turn nine, ten, uh, control the car with the throttle. Uh, you want to be pretty smooth on the throttle, and it's usually a bit understeery. 11, hairpin, uh, focus on exit mainly. And then the last two corners, 12 and 13, you want to have good minimum speed and uh, finish off the lap strong. Good stuff, Marcus Erickson. It gives you a hint of what it's like, uh, the difficult lap around at Belle Isle. They get to do it 70 times this afternoon. They do it all again tomorrow. Well, let's uh, check in with our pit reporters now to find out what they'll be keeping a close eye on this afternoon. Let's start first with Joel Sebastianelli. 
Thank you, Mark. Always a pleasure to be here. A beautiful day for racing. 81 degrees in the air, 110 degrees down on the track. Just a few clouds in the sky, and at least for the looks of it, None of them are rain clouds. We had some concerns about that this morning. I'll be stationed on the back half of pit lane, beginning with Alexander Rossi, who starts second this afternoon. His best finish this year, seventh. Some of the other cars back here, the Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan racing cars. Takuma Sato, Graham Ray Hall may need to go off strategy, may need some yellows to make their way to the front. Graham starting 20th, Takuma starting 16th. Sebastian Bourdais with a golden opportunity for A.J. Foyt racing. He starts 10th. He's a two-time winner here as well. Should be an interesting race today. Deray Marine. Hey, Mark, good to be back here on the streets of Belle Isle, up towards Pit Out. I'm all the way towards Pit Out, actually, and that's where Roman Grosjean will be getting his pit service done today. When he made that widely publicized move from Formula One to IndyCar, I think even he was unsure of how this move would go. Well, safe to say he's liking it so far. He has this pit stall because he was on pole position the last time we were on a rotor street course. That was the Grand Prix at Indianapolis. So perfect position here at Pit Out. He's been loving the experience so far, as Joel mentioned earlier in the broadcast, driving around the country in an RV with the family and really soaking in everything about being an IndyCar driver, which will include, at the end of the year, an oval race for the first time. Roman Grosjean telling the Associated Press this week that he does plan to run on the oval in St. Louis a bit later in this season, just embracing the challenge as we get set for a challenging race. The first of two this weekend here on Belle Isle. Guest pace car driver for this race is Ken Morris, Global Vice President, Electrification and Autonomous Vehicles for General Motors. Sarah Fisher will be handling the majority of the pace car duties throughout the course of this weekend. But again, congratulations to uh, Ken Morris, who's able to pace the field at the start of this one. The field comes into the view of Nick Yeoman. Yep, and it is Pato Ward. Pato Award behind that uh, Chevrolet Stingray Corvette pace car right behind him the pink and white the auto nation car of Alexander Rossi then that purple car of uh, Roman Grosjean great qualifying effort by the two Dale Coyne teammates with Ed Jones right behind him field kind of single file trying to get some heat into those tires safety vehicles dispatching and getting off the racetrack that pace car though all the way down that long back straightaway Michael we're going to start to see these drivers build some heat into those tires as we're set to go racing here in Detroit Pato Ward checks up Alexander Rossi as he enters turn number seven. The rest of the field single file. Most of the field still way back, halfway down this long back straightaway, now trying to catch up. Still one more lap before we put this thing under green, but a beautiful afternoon and looking so forward to seeing what kind of action we see down here at turn number seven. These drivers putting on a heck of a show in these past couple of years. A great opportunity to pass potentially. We hope we have an exciting race. Looking forward to the call today, Mark Jades. Have a good one here at Belle Isle. I do want to mention that it'll be a couple of laps in before our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, will rejoin us. Davey was down on the grid visiting with us at the start of this thing, but Davey actually piloting the fastest seat in sports this weekend, filling in for Mario Andretti. So uh, a great opportunity for Davey and uh, uh, a great chance to, to help pace the field and give someone a ride of their life. The furled green flag is in the air uh, as... Uh, always indicates the one-to-go sign. Pato Award will be your pole center. Alexander Rossi starts second. Roman Grosjean and Ed Jones will be in row number two. In row three, it'll be Joseph Newgarden and Colton Herta. 
It'll be Will Power and Ryan Hunter Ray in row four, row five, Simon Pagino and Sebastian Bourdais, Scott Dixon, Reedus VK in row six and row seven, James Hitchcliffe and Felix Rosenquist. It'll be Marcus Erickson and Takuma Sato in row number eight and row nine. It'll be Connor Daly and Max Chilton. Jack Harvey and Graham Brayhall in row number 10, row 11, Santino Ferrucci and Jimmy Johnson, uh, McLaughlin and Kellett in row number 12, and starting 25th will be Alex Pillow again because of that engine change the weekend of the 500, and Nick Yeoman, the next time they come into your, your view, they'll be moving just a little bit faster. Yep, front of the field, making their way through the left-hander of turn number 5, there's blue and white curving to the inside of that corner, Firestone banners to the outside now the front of the pack, Pato Award and Alexander Rossi starting to roar through the gearbox to get some heat in those tires and the engines. Make sure those brakes are ready to go because, Michael, they're going to be using those brakes a lot today around this 13-turn street course here at Belle Isle. The pace car starts to check out as it works its way through turn number eight. Pato Award will bring the field now as he enters turn number eight. The field starting to bunch up as they get ready to get into formation for the beginning of this, the first of two races here on the streets of Belle Isle. Pato Award now makes his way through turn number 10. He will make his way now to turn number 11, and that's when we will see the field start to form in those rows of two. And we are so very, very happy to see the thousands of fans that have filed into this beautiful facility as racing has returned to Belle Isle in a long, long time. It was uh, back at June the 2nd in 2019 with Scott Dixon, Marcus Erickson, and Will Power finished on the podium. But uh, boy, that's a painful, distant memory now, that long break that we had. This is a pretty tight formation as they start to set up for the final turn. The green flag flies and this race is underway and Alexander Rossi Takes a peek to the inside of Pato Award, but he's going to have to tuck in behind him. They're still running too wide back to about the first six rows, and now they settle out single file. Pato Award is checked out to about a two-car length advantage as Grosjean and Ed Jones starts to separate as they set up for turn number three. Colton Herta set up shop right there. So Award with about a half a second lead now as they head to turn number five. There are a lot of tire banging further back. Simon Passiano is going to pick up a spot around Ryan hunter Ray. They are right in front of Scott Dixon. That's around in the ninth and tenth position. But your race leader is Pato Award. He got a good jump, Michael, to start this race. He and Alexander Rossi starting to check out on the field. Pato Award already about a six-car length advantage over Alexander Rossi. Further back, a little battle for that fourth position. Ed Jones on the inside. Colton Herta wanted to take that third position away. So Colton Herta will fall back in the line. Check it. That was the battle for that fourth position. Pato Award already through turn number 11. He's got himself a three-car length advantage over Alexander Rossi. Will Power is starting to sneak up on that battle between uh, Colton Herta and Ed Jones. Joseph Newgarden has slipped back a spot or two. Joseph trying to keep pace. Ryan hunter Ray has now worked his way up to the rear of the car of Simon Pagino. So as we complete that first lap, it's Pato Award with a very slim lead over Alexander Rossi. Then it's Grosjean. Then it's Jones. Then it's Colton Herta fifth. Will Power is sixth. Joseph Newgarden has slipped to seventh. Simon Pagino is eighth. Ryan hunter Ray is ninth. And Scott Dixon is tenth. Although the battle between Dixon and hunter Ray starts to heat up a little bit. As Scott Dixon pulls right up to the rear wing. But he's got to be careful, Nick, because Sebastian Bourdais is uh, closing... Uh, right up on him, wanting that 10th position. Yeah, Bourdais has been awful quick all weekend long, too. A little disappointed with qualifying, but he is 
all over the back of that nine machine of Scott Dixon. Leaders, though, making their way down the back straightaway. And, Michael, it looks like Alexander Rossi keeping pace with Pottawa Ward into turn seven. They've already checked out from the third-place machine, Pottawa Ward, third place of being Roman Grosjean. But Pottawa Ward now about a two-car length advantage over Alexander Rossi. Further back in that field, Ryan hunter Ray, Scott Dixon, Sebastian Bourdais, the battle we were talking about. But the leader already threw turn number 11, two-car lengths over Alexander Rossi. Keeping an eye on our points leader, Alex Palou, again because of that engine change and that penalty, he was forced to start at the rear of the field. He has only been able to work his way past Dalton Kellett. And he trails McLaughlin by about four-tenths of a second. So a lot of work for him to do. Meanwhile, Pottawa Ward has led the first couple of laps here. He's pulled out to about a six-tenths of a second lead over Alexander Rossi. But I think what's perhaps most interesting is the advantage that they've been able to gain over Roman Grosjean in just a couple of laps. And uh, Ryan Marine, you say Renus VK already on pit road? That is correct. He's bringing the 21 Chevrolet to the attention of his crew now, and I'm told this is by design. They want to get off the red tires as quickly as they can. Scott McLaughlin and Jack Harvey doing the same thing. Ryan hunter Ray also in and out as they drag race to pit exit. So there's no question that the pit strategy, that initial window opened up on lap number two, and that's exactly where it opened it up Opened up for those teams that we just named. So already four cars coming on to pit road. Meanwhile, the leader's headed to Michael Young. Pottawa Ward about a car length over Alexander Rossi. Rossi stays right there. Now the battle's starting to heat up for that third position. Grosjean, Ed Jones, and Colton Herta. About a four car length advantage for Grosjean over Ed Jones. The leader already through turn number 11. Mark, Alexander Rossi's got it down to about a half a car length. Yeah, it looked like that uh, Pottawa Ward was going to try to check out, but uh, no such luck as uh, he continues to see his mirrors fill up of Alexander Rossi grows John uh, it's Ed Jones and then Herta Powered Newgarden Pagano Dixon and Borde the top 10 but there's no question that uh, uh, boy I tell you this pit strategy is really going to make this uh, race interesting as it unfolds Pottawa Ward already heads to pit road Pato goes from reds to blacks a quick stop seven and a half seconds so Pottawa Ward, your leader, coming to pit road. And uh, business picking up. Alexander Rossi as cars continue to enter that pit window. Nick Yeoman, Rossi with a pretty comfortable advantage over Roman Grosjean. And we'll see how long Alexander Rossi stays on the racetrack. Overwhelming feeling is that uh, you could do this race in two fuel stints. But based on the red tires falling off, you'll probably want to get on a pit lane early. Michael, no surprise. A lot of teams opted for that strategy. Alexander Rossi, though, a nice lead into turn seven. Yeah, he's already entering turn number seven, and it takes about three and a half seconds for Roman Grosjean to get there. The battle then for that second position, Grosjean, Ed Jones, and then the machine of Colton Herta. The rest of the field single file safely through as Alexander Rossi through 11. Pit stops already underway with three laps complete. Rossi, Grosjean, Jones, Herta, and Power, the top five. Newgarden, Pagino, Dixon, Bourdais, and Rosenquist, the top ten here at Belle Isle. Our radio network would like to thank these stations for carrying today's race. WDAN in Danville, Illinois. WBOT at Butler, Pennsylvania. And 9, 10 a.m. The Superstation in Detroit, Michigan to Michael Young.
Joseph Newgarden coming down the back straightaway, used that runoff area. It's a quick left, then a right, then a left. And as soon as he made that second left in the runoff area, the left rear tire came off. He hung onto that car all the way to turn number seven. He then continued on down into turn number 11 in this extension of the Strand Street. But that left rear came off Mark Jaynes, and he did a heck of a job keeping it on as long as he did. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, joins us now. And Davey, what a bizarre set of circumstances for the second race in a row we've seen an issue with rear tires on pit stops. Yeah, how about that? And that's something that just does not happen, guy. I mean, they, once they're on, they're on. But, man, these pit stops, are, guys are trying to make them so fast that just mistakes are made. And that left rear just flat came off again. So, a bummer for Newgard. Uh, to pit road and Ryan Marine. Roman Grosjean taking this opportunity to get service done. He stayed on the reds longer than most. He stouted away. Joseph Newgarden also limped his way to the pit road. They got that tire replaced, but lost a ton of time. Joel Sebastianelli. Issues for Ryan hunter Ray as well. He tagged the wall with the left rear, brought it on pit lane, and they told him, turn it off. So, uh, Davey Hamilton, uh, this pit strategy unfolded very, very early because a wow. couple of drivers of Ryan hunter Ray just came back to pit road. McLaughlin, Harvey, a lot of those guys came in on lap two. Yeah, very interesting that they came in so early. A little bit of a surprise, but they just feel, obviously, these red tires just will not hang on, get it over with quick. And what you, what happens there is the field isn't all spread out. You don't lose a lot of a lot of uh, play, space on the racetrack, and you get free track and get some clear racetrack in front of you. So six laps complete now as uh, we see Ed Jones has cycled through to the lead. Will Power is running second. Simon Pagina was third. Takuma Sato just worked his way around Scott Dixon. He picks up the fourth position. Dixon slips back to fifth. Felix Rosenquist is sixth. Marcus Erickson is seventh. James Hinchcliffe is 8th, Santino Ferrucci is ninth, and Max Chilton is 10th. A couple of good rides being given by Takuma Sato. He's plus 12. Ferrucci plus 12. Because of pit stops, that's helped Pelot move up. He is plus 12 on the day, Nick Yeoman, as the leaders start to head your way. And we just had a pass for the lead as Will Power set up Ed Jones and got around him. So, again, Michael, it's the top 15 drivers have not pitted. Then you've got Rossi and Herta, some of those drivers that have stayed out. But they continue to battle as it looks like Scott Dixon just got around Ed Jones as well. Indeed he did. Boy, they are all bunched up. So it's Power, then Takuma Sato, Scott Dixon, Ed Jones, and then Simon Pagino. Single file, but clearly that Ed Jones machine is holding up the rest of this field. The leader makes his way through turn number 11, and a nice advantage for that leader, Will Power. Ed Jones is finding out, Davey Hamilton, when the grip goes away, it goes away quickly. <laughs> yeah, how about that? A little bit of a surprise. We always know that the Reds could wear out quicker, but usually they'll make it sometimes a full step, but here... On this very, very bumpy, very uh, abrasive track, these reds go off very quick. And, man, Simon's all over the back of him. And Ed Jones has a ton of cars stacked up behind him, and they're still trying to work their way around him. We see Simon Pagino is behind him, along with Felix Rosenquist. We say Hinch, Marco, uh, Marcus Erickson, Santino Ferrucci, and Chilton. They are all still backed up and stacked up behind Ed Jones, who's running in the fourth position. Meanwhile, the leader, Will Power, heads to turn five. So it's Power, Sato, and Dixon who run one through three. They are chasing away from this long train of cars being held up by fourth place running Ed Jones. Then it's Simon Pagino in the Menards colors. He runs in fifth. Felix Rosenquist is sixth. James Hinchcliffe is seventh. But Michael, they are all stacked up behind Ed Jones. The front three, though, getting away down to turn seven. 
Yeah, the front three have checked out at least 20 car lengths over Ed Jones. Simon Pagano unable to take advantage of getting around Ed Jones. It's the machine of Felix Rosenquist right behind Simon Pagano, starting to put pressure on the rear ring of Simon Pagano. Then behind him, James Hinchcliffe. Will Power is your leader, about two car length advantage out of 11. Graham Rahal picked up a spot going into turn seven, just behind that battle you were watching, Michael Young. He worked his way around Max Chilton to pit road and Ryan Marine. Got an update on Ed Jones, who's dropped a couple of positions here as of late. I'm told they're trying to get eight more laps on those red tires. And despite the fact he's dropped a couple of spots, the team is pleased with his pace. So their strategy is to push it another eight laps, then get off the reds and onto the blacks. Uh, setting up for turn number three, Scott Dixon is absolutely starting to wear out Takuma Sato. Meanwhile, Will Power has jumped out to a one-second lead. That second-place battle, Nick Yeoman, is almost a battle in all to itself as uh, the cars continue to be stacked up behind Ed Jones. Yeah, they are slugging it out further back, but it is Will Power. His advantage has grown to about eight car lengths over Takuma Sato, and then Sato has about a two-car length advantage over Scott Dixon, and then you look a little bit further back, it's that slugfest from fourth all the way back to about 13th or 14th as they are slugging it out. Michael, the leader's already coming to you, but the battle fourth on back continues to be a good one. And it's the machine of Felix Rosenquist. That is a battle for the fifth position. Looks to the outside of Simon Pagano. Ed Jones able to hold off Simon Pagano all right at this point. As Ed Jones has about a six-car length advantage over Pagano. It's that battle for fifth now. Simon Pagano and Felix Rosenquist as they make their way through that right-hander. An update from Joel on pit road. Scott Dixon is all over Takuma Sato. He's got a great view of Sato's tires, and in fact, everybody on the nine teams looking at Sato's tires. They just told Dixon over the radio that Sato started on those sticker reds. What his tires do are going to tell us what ours are going to do, and he just got by Takuma Sato. Yep, Scott Dixon picks up the second position. We'll take off after Will Power now. Time for the HPD Engineering Update. Let's check in with Michael Young. It's time for our HPD engineering update, and we're with Andy Lewis, who was the HPD engineer for Elio Castro-Neves in the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500. Congratulations. What a great month for you and for Elio Castro-Neves. Thanks. Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty special time. Um, for me personally, it was pretty cool. I grew up in Indianapolis, so I've been to, I think, 23 straight Indy 500s. Um, never thought it would be something that I'd be, you know, part of winning, but um, pretty, pretty lucky to have had the experience. Um, I was, you know, it was great working with Elio and MSR. They're a great group of guys. I think they had a great car, you know, from the beginning. Um, so it made my job pretty easy and, um, yeah, happy to have gotten the result. Now, when will you be back with Elio? So we, our first race back is Nashville. So we have Nashville, the Indy Road Course, and the West Coast races, so Portland, Laguna, and uh, Long Beach. So we're looking forward to getting back with him. And this weekend for you, your job is? Uh, I help out sort of overseeing data data analysis for all, a lot of the cars, or I guess the whole Honda field. Um, so I'm just helping out, you know, looking for issues, helping tune the calibration for everyone. So, um, yeah. Congratulations. Well done and a, a fantastic Indianapolis 500. Thank you. Andy Lewis, he is the HPD engineer for Elio Castro-Neves, and that's your HPD engineering update. 11 of 70 laps complete your full field rundown. Will Powers, your leader, Scott Dixon, Takuma Sato, Ed Jones, Felix Rosaquist, the top five. James Hinchcliffe, Simon Pagano, Marcus Erickson, Tantino Ferrucci, and Graham Rahal, the top 10. Chilton is 11th, Alex Pillow up to 12th. Rossi is 13th, Award is 14th, Herta is 15th, 16th is VK, 17th is Bourdais, uh, 18th is Grosjean, 19th is Daly, 20th Harvey, 21st is Kellen, 22nd McLaughlin. 
Joseph Newgarden is 23rd. Jimmy Johnson, 24th on Pitt Road. And uh, 25th is Ryan Hunter Ray. Will Power, Ed Jones, Pato Award, Alexander Rossi, and Roman Grosjean of all that laps here the Grand Prix of Detroit, race number one. Uh, 13 of 70 laps complete. Dixon, Power, Sato, Rosenquist, Hinchcliffe, Pagano, Erickson, Ferrucci, Davey, those Reds, uh, they're not working as well for them as they had hoped. Wow, they're sure not. I see guys that have pitted um, that are being held up, though, by guys in front of them with the Reds. So that's not good either. Scott Dixon started on those blacks, stays out front, has a nice big four-second lead right now over power on Reds. But he, as Nick just mentioned, you know, he has to put Reds on some time during this race. Now, his hope is he does it in a short stint. He can come right back in and take him off or just try to stretch it out as long as you can. Wait till the end of this race and run him just for a few laps of the end. But, man, they, go, they, they lose speed quickly. At one point, Ed Jones was leading this race, and he has tumbled all the way back to 12, Davey, and he just can't keep pace with those cars that are flying by him. Yeah, just cannot now. <clears throat> you know, they're, they're trying to do a fuel. They're trying to keep him out there for the fuel strategy so he's not making an extra pit stop. Might work out in the long run because he is getting rid of these red tires. Um, and, you know, he, he, this, he'll have more fuel than the guys that pitted early. So it's going to be interesting if Del Coyne has something up his sleeve for, uh, for him. Uh, we are watching Felix Rosenquist and James Hinchcliffe. That's the battle for fourth. It's a pretty good one. Right now, uh, Rosenquist is the one with the advantage. Meanwhile, Scott Dixon has checked out with a lead of 4.9 seconds. Will Power has a pretty comfortable advantage over to Kumasato, but it's uh, back to uh, that fourth place running. Felix Rosenquist and James Hinchcliffe, where things start to get interested. interesting, we should say. Simon Pagino has all but lost that group. Marcus Erickson, Ferrucci trying to keep pace with him. So we see Dixon. Then we see uh, Will Power, Takuma Sato, then Nick. It's Rosenquist and Hinchcliffe getting interesting. Yep, they are Nosa Tail ending the right-hander of turn number six. Rosenquist in that blue and orange car. He's got about a two-car length advantage over James Hinchcliffe as they make their way down the back straightaway underneath the Pure Michigan Bridge. Uh, Felix Rosenquist working in that turn seven position. He's got James Hinchcliffe right behind him. But I tell you, the guy that's really on the move, Simon Pagino right here, the Marcus Erickson right behind him is the machine of Santino Ferrucci. I'm talking about Alexander Rossi. Guys, he made his way slowly, picked his way through all those slower cars who have yet to pit. And he has a rocket ship right now as he works his way around turn 10. And again, Ed Jones is uh, stacking up cars behind him. And he's got about four stacked up behind him in fact, and uh, he is holding on for dear life as he watches Colton Herta pull away. Colton Herta last stopped on lap number four. Meanwhile, Scott Dixon with a very comfortable advantage, Davey. He's opened up a seven-second lead over Will Power and Takuma Sano. It's a, yeah, huge lead, and, and his lap times are over almost two seconds a lap faster than second-place Power, and and that same with, with that over Sato. So, uh definitely check it out on lap time but like I say it's going to be interesting we see Jones now finally coming in pit lane Mark yeah Ed Jones has said enough is enough and Ryan Marine he probably is very very happy to come to pit road for fresh fire filled fire hawk 
No question. He hung on as long as he absolutely could, but he's been slipping back on those reds. But he can go black tires to the end. The Dale Coyne Racing Team likes that pit stop. It was a fast one. And, Davey, we did get a look on our uh, multi-screen monitor at that right front of the car of Ed Jones. Wow. It was to and through the cords. I mean, that thing was just getting to the point where it wasn't going to hold air anymore. So that tire, I'd like to have a close-up on it. But, oh, well, right there was it. See where he locked it up. Hindsight, he went down in turn three, locked that tire for a long ways flat spot that tire he's lucky he didn't blow the tire and there you're right that and then he said enough is enough i can't hang on to this car any longer i have to pit yeah when you climb on the binders like that and you flat spot that thing and wear it down you it, it doesn't matter if it uh, if it fits into your pit window or not it is certainly time for you to come to pit road continuing to watch that battle between felix rosenquist and james hinscliff dick gilman it's a good one it's the battle for that fourth position yeah and they uh, appear to be catching takuma sato and willpower honestly all those drivers three of the four i should say are on the red tires hinch is on the primary black tires which is why he is certainly putting the pressure on felix rosenquist the leader scott dixon already down the back straightaway but michael looks like we got a pretty good battle second through fifth shaping up will power leads the train out of turn number six he's got about a three car length advantage over sato then it's rosenquist and hinchcliffe Scott Dixon already to turn number nine. There is that battle. Power, then Sato, then Rosenquist, and James Hitchcliffe all over the rear wing of Felix Rosenquist. Those four now battle their way through that slower section, through now turns number nine and ten. But indeed, since Ed Jones has pitted, everybody's starting to check out and catch back up. Yeah, Davey, no question. While Scott Dixon is comfortable for Power, Sato, Rosenquist, and Hitchcliffe, uh, things start to type, tighten up a little bit again as the... the the uh, grip starts to go away on those Firestone Firehawks. Yeah, how about Dixon? Almost a 10-second a uh, lead over to Will Power now. That's just in a few laps that we, we've talked about that he had a five-second lead. So um, he is absolutely checking out. He has the, re- the, uh, the primary black tires and making the best use possible of them, that guys. And when I say that, that means he's out front. There's no traffic holding him up like Rossi was being held up in traffic. He finds himself in that ninth position 22 seconds back from, uh, from Dixon. But, uh, boy, Dixon, we'll just see when he puts his reds on what he has to do and how many laps he has to run on. Well, for some, Davey, the speculation was that that first fuel window could be somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 to uh, to, to 15 laps. But uh, uh, the fuel range actually between 23 and 27. So really not a surprise that Dixon, Power, Sato, Rosenquist, those guys haven't come to pit road yet. And we think probably the only reason Ed Jones came to pit road when he did perhaps was because of that damage he did to that tire. Yeah, if you go to talk to Del Coyne, I bet he's going to say, man, I wish he could have stayed out longer for our fuel window to be just a little bit better and, and cut a pit stop out of this thing. But uh, unfortunately, when you do that to the tire, you have zero choice. You have, you have to come in. And I'll have to say from second back to about uh, 11th right now. They're nose to tail having a great race going on, but boy, Dixon's checked out almost 11 seconds now. Yep, and uh, we see Takuma Sato among the front runners that uh, decide that enough is enough. Uh, looks like he is going to come to pit road, and, uh, and, and Davey, what's the difference going to be like in those race cars once they get those fresh fire still fire hooks on the cars? How's oh it my, be? it's unbelievable the speed. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll pick up two, three seconds a lap, then that's a massive amount. This makes the car handle better, drive better. You can be aggressive. The car's not sliding all over the place. And 
and uh, and especially under braking, you know what happens with those softer uh, red tires when they go bad. Your braking is they just don't have the the stopping power they did when they're new or these black staffs. So their entry to the corner is going to be much greater as well. Now we see uh, Simon Pagino currently running in the fourth position. Marcus Erickson trying to sneak up on him, Nick. Yep, and again these are drivers who have not pitted yet. Pagino, Erickson, Ferrucci, they are all on red tires. We anticipate them pitting soon as they stack up single file heading down to turn number seven. Simon Pagano, about three car lengths of that fourth position over Marcus Erickson. Then it's Santino Ferrucci and Alexander Rossi. Rossi has been dogging that rear wing of Santino Ferrucci about the last six laps, but unable to get by him as he has worked his way through the field. Pagano's already halfway down in 11, making his way down into turn number 12. Dixon, Power, Hitchcliffe, Pagano, and Erickson, the top five. Ferrucci, Rossi, Ray Hall, the Ward, and Colton Hurd of the top 10. 19 laps completed, Belle Isle. Uh, we'll power among the front runners who have just come to pit road. Other stops. Let's get an update from Joel Sebastianelli. Marcus Erickson's team was keeping an eye on Simon Pagno. They said, if he stays out, we want you to come in. And so that's exactly what they did. He came in. They went on to Blacks. Roman Grosjean comes to pit road. To the attention of his crew, we also see Scott McLaughlin on pit road. More from Ryan Marine. Romain Grosjean just made that pit stop. It wasn't terribly fast. They made a front wing change as well as a tire pressure change trying to settle the rear of that race car. Simon Pagano laid out. We should see him in very soon. The 59 of Max Chilton comes to pit road, and Davey, that left rear was flat. Yeah, and it looks like he got into the wall. Yeah, by the rear toe link, the left rear toe link is bent, meaning that he got into the wall somewhere that left rear uh, if it's that's the only thing bent, they can replace it in a few laps time. I don't know if they're going to or not. Uh, this report from Pit Road is brought to you by Speedway, official, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar, Ryan Marine. And the seven and a half seconds off for Simon Pagano. He's one of the few that was able to make the Reds work. He goes off of Reds and onto the Blacks, leading on his strategy. At Renus VK and that number 21 for Ed Carpenter Racing. He has a lengthy pit stop, having trouble getting Renus VK back underway, but they finally do so. Meanwhile, Davey, we're waiting on Scott Dixon, James Hinchcliffe, Santino Ferrucci, and Graham Rahal. They and Alex Below stretching this window out as long as they can. You have about some of these guys. The guys have pitted twice already, and Dixon hasn't pitted once yet. So that goes to tell you the strategy is all over the place when the fuel window, the tire window. But I do expect Dixon to uh, come in just momentarily. Well, clearly Scott Dixon, uh, I- I- interesting call by Michael and company to start this race on the Blacks, Davey. And so far it appears as though it's paying off huge dividends for Scott Dixon. Yeah, as we know, they, they, I just I'm curious to see how it works out when they have to run their reds if they get lucky or not. But you're right that right now it's paying dividends because he's able to go up front and with that kind of a lead, um, 11 sec, still 11 sec kind of holding there with Hinchcliffe behind him on blacks as well. Um, and then the next guy back though, third place Frucci hanging on to those red tires uh, hasn't pitted yet. Finds it, which is watch out for Frucci. That's pretty good being in third place, having not pitted yet on those reds. And you know, Davey, you go back to the comments that Sebastian Bourdais made about the fuel strategy in the Indianapolis 500, and uh, really for the NTT IndyCar Series, fuel strategy has become a big, big part of the race. And bottom line is that puts the pressure on the engineers and the race strategists because boy, when it pays off, you look like a genius. But when it doesn't, <laughs> like it didn't for some at the Indianapolis 500, and it may not today, uh, that's when you know that those guys are under a lot of pressure. Pressure. 
Well, you know what? <clears throat> That's what makes it such a team sport, Mark. I mean, as a driver, we've all made mistakes as drivers, and we have to go you know, tell our guys that we're sorry because all the hard work and effort they put into it, well, it's the same the other way. When an engineer misses it or your strategist misses it, you know, it's a team effort. He tries hard. Just as long as you don't do it, make it a habit, right? Every now and then you make a mistake and make the wrong call. Uh, Connor Daly is working on uh, Will Power. Uh, uh, Michael Young, that's into turn number seven. Yeah, now Power wiggles ever so slightly as he sets up for that left-hander in turn number eight. Connor Daly will lose ground about three car lengths. Will Power will now check out. Heavy braking into that right-hander at turn number 11. Power over Daly by two car lengths. A little further back in the field, that battle's going on. That's the battle for the 11th spot. And, Davey, you ran into Connor a couple of nights ago. He's very, very happy of the fact that he really only has to trade rides one more time, and that's for the Oval a little bit later on the year, er, in the year at Worldwide Technology Raceway. He's settled into a nice rhythm now with Ed Carpenter racing. He sure has. And, and as he said, man, I love, I love uh, you know, to be with a team that you really focus on. But in the, the day, he is still a full-time IndyCar racer. It's just taking two teams to do it. I Hats off to him. I think it's matured him. I think that he's learned a lot. I think he's dealing with different people. And, and getting the most out of no matter who he's driving for is very important. So uh, I think it's I, I actually think it's helped Connor in his career, you know, a lot by driving for two different teams. And speaking of Connor Daly, we see him come on and off pit road. We'll keep an eye out for Scott Dixon, James Smith, and Santino Ferrucci. See if they come to pit road. But we have a big, big hit. Mark, that is in turn number six, and it is Felix Rosenquist, who has absolutely buried that car. I shouldn't say buried into the tires. He's ramped up over top, Mark. He has ended up on top of the tire barrier. Something has gone catastrophically wrong for Felix Rosenquist and that blue and orange car. That is a massive hit for Felix Rosenquist in turn number six, and uh, we did get a view of the in-car camera, and he was moving around a bit in the cockpit, but boy, I tell you what, that that had to, Nick Gilman, that had to have rattled his cage a plenty. Again, Felix Rosenquist, this is a fast part of the racetrack where they want to accelerate onto the long straightaway, and that car is nearly completely, the front end of it is off the ground as it is up on top of the tire barriers. He hit so hard, Mark, that the tire barriers has been pushed up and over the fence line here at the exit of turn number six. The AMR IndyCar safety crew is there. He is talking with the safety crew right now as they're going to have an interesting extrication process, but the front of that car, Mark, is absolutely destroyed. And, Davey, we're getting a look at the replay as we speak, and he came around that corner, and, boy, I'll tell you, he went headfirst into that wall. Hey, Mark, I'm gonna, we're in car right now. It was like the throttle stuck on the thing. It did. The throttle stuck wide open. I looked at his dash, and you could see the, the RPM lights just go straight up. I mean, something caught that throttle or something made that throttle go wide open in a in a very tight corner where you're normally slowing down and boy did he go in there hard thank goodness for the placement of those tire barriers not only that but the depth of those tire barriers a one car incident involving felix rosenquist lap number 25 here at bell isle a lap 25 crash involving Felix Rosenquist. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, we've gotten a couple of looks at it, but uh, we're getting an overhead view from our monitor right now. And there are uh, several rows of tires at the exit of that turn at the point of impact. As Nick pointed out before we went to break, tires were knocked up and over the wall, but Davey, that portion of the wall was actually knocked over on its side. Yeah, it was a massive hit, you guys. I mean, it was a massive hit. Now, the scary thing is we know that he's awake and alert, and we've seen that. 
but we don't know the condition of the front of the car. Now, these cars are very, very strong, but when you move a wall like that and knock it over, uh, that's a massive hit, and that was probably you know, five or six deep in, in tires uh, stacked up before you get to the wall. And, and right now, this is the first time we've really seen, you know, anybody get extricated from a car with this new aero screen. It's hard for these safety workers to get in there. They're working very hard, diligently to get, get them out of there, but a uh, really scary moment right now. There's about eight members of the AMR IndyCar safety crew, Nick Yeoman, that are working to extricate Felix Rosenquist from that car. Yeah, this is no doubt an all-hands-on-deck uh, situation, and they are just all over. I mean, the, the awkward part of this extrication process, Mark, is that the car is not sitting flat. It is up on an angle. So you have AMR IndyCar safety crew members who are just uh, leaning and hanging on every part of the race car that they can to try to safely get Felix out of the car. As Davey talked about, we know he's awake and alert, which is great, but certainly you got to worry about those lower extremities as hard as he hit. And, uh, and, and most importantly, even if everything is okay, they're going to take every precaution to safely get him out of the race car. And unfortunately, Mark, with as big of a hit as this was and where that car ended up, this is going to be a very tentative and safe process that ultimately is going to put us under a red flag here in Turn 5. Yeah, turn the six. red flag is flying as we speak, uh, and, and they will dispatch all of the cars to pit road. But then, uh, uh, but, 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 but Davey, uh, you know, obviously the focus of the attention is on Felix Rosenquist as the effort continues used to, to get him out of that race car, but a fair amount of damage was done to the tire barrier, to the fencing, and to the racetrack itself. Yeah, as, as we when it happened, I knew um, it wasn't good when you see a car up in the air like that, and I, I was, you know, without a doubt, a red flag was going to come out. This is going to be a lengthy uh, repair job, getting that wall stood back up, getting the tires put back in place, making sure the cables and the fencing. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be down for a while, guys. I see right now it looks like maybe. They have maybe a, the jaws coming in there, maybe try to cut that windscreen halo off that race car to help help get to them right now. Uh, well, last year IndyCar made a pledge to support diversity and inclusivity throughout the paddock at each of the events. To get an update on some of those initiatives now, let's check in with Katie Kyle, who's with a member of IndyCar's community who's on track with diversity. Mary Beth Shank is the vice president of Meyer Shank Racing, the newly crowned Indianapolis 500 champions. Mary Beth, you've been a part of motorsports as an active participant, but also along with Michael for a very long time now. How have you seen diversity within race teams change over the years? Well, it's changed a lot. Back in the day, in early motorsports, women weren't even allowed in the garages. And now the amount of women in motorsports is improving every day. Um, and I'm very proud to be included in that. You know, it's a male-dominated industry, and any woman that wants to be in motorsports has, has to be thick-skinned. Um, they have to know that what they're bringing to, to motorsports is important and valuable, and there's a lot more opportunity out there than used to be. What advice would you give to a woman who maybe maybe is being introduced to motorsports for the first time? One thing for sure is to get real life experience. And that can be hard in this business because uh, women can be turned away, you know, and not taken seriously. But if they start volunteering, helping with any race team um, from amateur on up and just keep on showing up and keep on doing it 
eventually they're going to get recognized. I'm Katie Kyle. That's On Track with Diversity for the NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, thanks, Katie. You can hear more of that interview on our website. You can go to IndyCar.com slash radio and click on podcast. Again, the efforts continue to extricate Felix Rosenquist from his uh, badly mangled race car. A single car incident involving Felix Rosenquist has uh, put this race under a red flag condition. Let's go to Pit Road. Check in with Joel Sebastianelli with a man who secured his second pole and second win of the season in Indy Lights, trying to be the first champ on all three levels of the road to Indy. Kyle Kirkwood, congratulations. How vital was that win today to your championship hopes? Oh, yeah, it was definitely very important for our championship. It was, um, we had a couple bad events there at Barber and um, Indy GP, but uh, to get the win this morning was, it was pretty fantastic. We had a little mishap in qualifying where there's a couple red flags um, from drivers touching the walls. Um, but no, this is, I mean, I've never seen that big of a crash, I think, here. So um, really just hoping that, that uh, Felix is do, doing good right now. I mean, I saw he's moving when, when the car stopped and he was talking to, to the safety crew. So um, that's, that's definitely positive. But um, that's, that's a scary thing to happen in, in one of these cars where the throttle sticks. So I'm um, just glad to see that he got him out of the car now. And he's uh, hopefully going to be okay. And uh, I hope that it's uh, nothing too serious. Absolutely. We all think that. And we're going to continue to keep an eye on that. As a driver, it's, you know, it's nice to see Indy Lights here, and it's a challenging circuit. Just how challenging is it from your perspective? Well, it's extremely challenging. There's a lot of things that are different about the – well, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of things that are different about the, the Indy Lights car. It's the same, it's the same pretty much the same chassis, um, but our damper development isn't nearly as good as Indy cars is. So the bumps are affecting the car that much more in our Indy Lights car. And um, – what was really nice this weekend for us is that we were able to take some of the Andretti IndyCar stuff and apply it to our car because of those similarities. And um, we started off on the right foot, and it's, it's, been, it's been a good weekend so far. Um, like I said, we start P3 tomorrow. Hopefully we can try to get another win, but from uh, as history shows, um, everyone that's, that's led the race throughout the beginning has, has won this, this, uh, this entire season. So we're going to have to try and get out front early on and hopefully lead from there. All right, Kyle, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Good luck tomorrow. Well, thank you, Joel. All right, Kyle Kirkwood, race number two comes your way tomorrow. NTT uh, IndyCar Series is red flagged at this point. And the good news uh, is that uh, Davey Hamilton, and uh, well, let's start with Nick Hill, but first, Nick, uh, an update from the scene. Uh, they were able to get Felix Rosenquist out of that race car. Yeah, again, it was a very, very tentative process, being very careful. The problem of, of extricating Felix Rosenquist was this car, again, not sitting flat on the racetrack. It is up at an angle with the nose pointed skyward so to make sure that they did not move him at all they had about eight or nine members of the amr indycar safety crew very carefully get him out of that cockpit they now have him on a backboard and they are loading felix rosenquist into the back of an ambulance but uh, mark the good news is they have finally gotten him out of that race car uh, now uh, the lengthy cleanup begins and davy as we've documented or maybe you just joined us folks and you didn't hear it but uh, extensive damage uh, done to that portion of the racetrack and Davey quite frankly it's not going to be an easy cleanup because there's a whole section of that concrete wall uh, that, that that has to be uh, set back upright and uh, the fencing's got to be re-secured and the tire barrier rebuilt. Yeah absolutely and, and just lifting those uh, concrete barriers back up attaching them back together uh, getting the chain link or the, the, the safety 
fence and the poles back in, plus the tires. It's not an easy pro- process, but I'll tell you, they got the best in the business. The guys that helped build this track, obviously, or that built this track are here, plus all the expertise from the series. So uh, they'll get it fixed there momentarily, but it's going to it's gonna be a little bit of a break. Obviously, all the drivers are out. You never like this as a racing driver. Um, this I've, I've had to get out because of rain and accidents before, but I tell you, it's... it's uh, it's never fun, and when you get in that rhythm and that mode of racing, that's what you want to do. And so, it's a it's a tough tough times when you got to get out and start over again. I've not seen a hit that big, Davey. Uh, in the, the years that I've been covering this, I mean, that is about as hard a hit doing as much damage to car and wall and fencing and anything as anything I've ever seen. Yeah, no, we uh, you know that's that area. You know, you're only in second, going up to third gear, back down to second gear, sometimes first through that corner. But when that throttle sticks wide open and, and it's a 90-degree corner, uh, he had no choice uh, right there. I don't know if that was a, a good – luckily it happened there when it throttle sticks or if it's not. I don't know if somewhere else would have been better. Uh, but, man, the speed he had going into that uh, – into that corner, really got the car in there on top of the tire barrier. When you knock over, well, like I say, when you knock over a wall like that, it's never good. Now, well, for sure, this is going to be an extended red flag condition because, Davey, we can look up and down pit road and we can see that, um, you know, teams have already undertaken the process of trying to keep those cockpits as cool as they possibly can uh, because all of the drivers are out of them. They've got their helmets off, and uh, it's going to be quite some time before they get back in those race cars. Yeah, they're just now getting the wall picked up. Here's another replay that they're showing right now. And man, you can just see the massive acceleration of Felix's car when he's, you know, wanting to be in a slow area. He has even an onboard uh, pick of it. Uh, right when you really saw that one be on the brakes, that thing takes off, man. He just had no choice. And what a huge, huge impact. Uh, let's go to pit road, check in with Ryan Marine. Ed Jones is standing by and Ed out of the race car at the moment. Uh, and you were on that, that strategy where you were trying to run those reds as long as you could. It seemed like you had a bit of a blister, though, right, when you came in. Was that uh, hard to handle? Yeah, it kind of the tire flat spotted, the front right, um, one of the laps. And I think the fronts were just so worn out. Um, I think it seemed like everyone was struggling quite a bit on the reds there. So we did the best we could to make them last, but uh, it was definitely tough keeping it on the track. So um, we'll see. Hopefully... Um, now we should be in a good position um, when everyone pits. I was going to ask, does the strategy, was it playing out the way that you envisioned it, and what does this yellow do to the strategy that you're on? Um, yeah, it changes things quite a bit. I think there's quite a few cars in front of us that still need a pit, so obviously that hurts them more. Um, and I think we should come out around six once, once the yellow's over. You've got the towel, the wet towel, wrapped around your neck. It's a hot day, that's for sure. How are you feeling uh, 20 or so laps into this race? Yeah, I actually feel surprisingly fine after pra- well, after practicing qualifying. I thought it was going to be extremely tough, but um, we didn't have any water. The water tube wasn't working from the beginning of the race, and I actually felt um, the race a lot easier than qualifying in practice. What does this do for you, having to step out of the car and then get back into the groove, get fastened back in and go racing once the barrier repairs are complete. Yeah, I think we've had it once before here. There was a red flag. I can't remember. Well, I think it was 2018. Um, so just something different. You just got to get back, back in focus and uh, go from there. Thanks for the time. Thanks. Ed Jones.
Uh, well, we did get a look at the in-car camera after the point of impact, and the good news is in terms of taking the helmet, the headstock off, and all that, I mean, Felix Rosenquist was able to do all of that on his own. Yeah, again, awake and alert, and again, hand movement, able to take his, you know, the, the telemetry and the, the earpiece out and was able to uh, to kind of talk to the AMR IndyCar safety crew. So that is uh, a really good sign that we're, uh, we're not dealing with a really, really bad situation, but certainly uh, they wanted to be as careful as pro- as possible. And, and tell you what, Davey, now, Hamilton, now that we've seen them remove that car from the tire barrier, I know you made a comment off air, kind of impressed with just how well that car held up with such a hellacious hit. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the car actually looked structurally pretty good. Obviously, suspension got knocked off of the wings, got knocked off of it, but structurally looked really, really good. And the good news is, on the end car, I kind of looked down at the cockpit the best I could to look down in in his leg area, and it didn't, you know, didn't look like a lot of damage down there. So, uh, hopefully, it just beat him up a little bit. Uh, um, and it, that that just they're taking precautions, getting out of the car slow, and making sure that nothing's wrong with him. But, but it did structurally look good. You know, Davey, tire barriers have been around for decades now when they continue to do their job don't they they along yeah. with the structural integrity of that car combined to help keep that driver safe so so one thing that you can always say about accidents you see guys flip down the racetrack especially in sprint cars and stuff like that and they'll they'll they'll, they'll flip and bang around everybody says wow what a huge accident but that's much better than taking a hard hit on a concrete wall mark because of its absorbing energy as you're flipping and spinning around and doing that other than that that hard hit into a wall. So, um, and that tire barrier is what happened there. Market kind of cushioned it, went up in there. If that just would have been a flat wall, it would have been big, big problems. Let's go to Pit Road and Ryan Marine. Arenas VK wiping the sweat from his brow. He was just saying, it's been wild out there. What has your race been like? It's been topsy-turvy. You came in, what, two laps into the race to, to make your first stop, right? Yeah, yeah. We already planned that from, uh, yeah, from like way before. So I think race is really going well so far. I think we're fifth on our strategy, which uh, which I think is the good strategy. So uh, I think we're doing very well. Uh, made some good uh, good spots up in the race, and I think we can move forwards from here. How are you feeling? I know you got that ice vest on now, trying to bring the body temperature back down. Uh, how physical was it for you? Um, actually, when you're driving, it's all right. I, I'm not I'm not wearing a cool suit, so uh, it's a little harder. But no, I actually I'm surprised that it's not that terrible so uh so now i'm feeling good and i'm i'm recharged for the race uh, when we, when we go green again it's your first trip to detroit what do you think of this circuit it's uh, it's crazy it's definitely the craziest track i've driven on you know every lap to be fast you know to make the strategy work you got to be on the limit so uh yeah it's it's real hard pushing uh it's pretty hard to pass other cars when no one's making mistakes but uh yeah it's 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 crazy out here but i love it i heard you say over the radio no changes on your most recent stop you like the handling of the race car is that good from going from the reds to the blacks it did exactly what you were expecting it to yeah uh we we really hoped that the car was going to be like this uh on the on the uh, blacks uh we knew yesterday in practice we had a very good car on uh, on black so same car again, so it uh, feels very good, and uh, I'm excited to get going. Thanks, Renus. Thank you. Joel? With Scott Dixon. Scott, heard a lot of chatter on the radio about the guys in front of you, the guys behind you on reds. Saw the guys about ready to lay out, and then the red flag. How does this change the complexion of the race? Uh, it definitely makes it difficult. You know, uh, seems like two weekends in a row here we've been kind of hosed on this. But, um, yeah, you know, the PNC Bank number nine is... 
running really well. You know, uh, we knew we needed to go long on that first stint uh, to try and shorten up the red stint, um, which, you know, was coming pretty easy. We had good track position and, and uh, we're definitely gapping the field, which, um, you know, we just had good general pace. So uh, that was part of, you know, what we did in, uh, you know, strategy for the weekend. But, um, yeah, might have caught us out here. I heard you say yesterday that the track was actually not as grippy as you thought it may have been. How has it changed from yesterday to today? Uh, I think this morning was definitely a lot better just because it was cooler conditions. But, um, you know, it's weird now with the schedules that we run. And we, you know, there were so many other categories on the track before us. I think it took a little while for us to put the Firestone uh, Firestone rubber down. So, you know, there's that kind of uh, excuse. But, you know, uh, 25, 30 minutes into the session, we were still, you know, four or five seconds off the pace from what we were last time we were here a couple of years ago. So, you know, uh, it's definitely been interesting. The track's a lot of fun. Uh, it's great to see all the fans here and, and obviously, uh, you know, the Penske group and everybody involved have done a tremendous job and it's, uh, it's great to be back in Detroit. All right, thank you for your time. Thanks, man. This report for the pits brought to you by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Red flag condition with 27 laps complete. James Hinchcliffe, Scott Dixon, Santino Ferrucci, Alexander Rossi, and Graham Rahal, the top five. We pause 10 seconds for Stace Night Identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. to be a while before we get back to green flag racing because of the single car incident involving Felix Rosenquist. We've already heard uh, what this might do to Scott Dixon's day. What about James Hinchcliffe, Ryan Marine? Yeah, it was not fortuitous for James Hinchcliffe. That team had to pull their car out of the line on the pit lane. That's where everyone is, a- is asked to stop under these red flag conditions. They brought it back to the crew because there was not going to be enough fuel to make it around another lap under yellow. So they did the quick two-second top-off that you're allowed to do, stuck it back in line, but at the end of the line as a consequence of having to do effectively emergency service, just doing it under red flag conditions. So, Nick Yoma, let's get an update from the scene of the incident. Um, it looks like uh, we, we figured there would be a lengthy repair, and uh, I think we've reached to the point now that the car's been extricated. Uh, pretty extensive damage to that outside retaining wall. Yeah, the first uh, plan of attack, of course, was to remove Felix Rosenquist's heavily damaged car off the top of that tire barrier. Then once they did, the safety crew has gone uh, ahead and, and removed all the tires from the point of impact where we can see that uh, it pushed the concrete barrier, one of them over, and uh, two more concrete barriers skewed, pushed it back uh, probably a full foot. So now that they have all the tires removed, Mark, there is a forklift that has brought over some brand-new sections of wall that they will certainly try to uh, first remove the damaged part of the wall out of that uh, area of the racetrack. Again, the exit of turn number six, and they've got a brand-new concrete barrier where they can now put in place. They've got to slide it underneath the catch fence there uh, in turn number six. Once they get that part of the uh, barrier in position, they'll move those tires back and, and kind of restructure that racetrack. But uh, it is it is going to be quite a little time mark as the again it's it's a concerted effort there's probably 30 or 40 track members and and uh, workers over there trying to clean up and and move that part of the racetrack around but uh, it is going to be a little while here uh james hinscliffe uh, when the the red flag flew was listed as your leader scott dixon was second santino ferrucci was third Alexander Rossi, fourth graham rahal is fifth award is sixth hurt is seventh alex below is eighth 
Sebastian Bourdais is ninth. Will Power is 10th. Erickson is 11th. Takuma Sato is 12th. Simon Pagino is 13th. Renas VK is 14th. Ed Jones is 15th. Jack Harvey is 16th. Roman Grosjean is 17th. Connor Daly is 18th. Scott McLaughlin is 19th. Dalton Kelman is 20th. Joseph Newgarden, 21st. Felix Rosenquist uh, will be listed as 22nd for now. Max Chilton, four laps down, 23rd. Four laps down is Ryan hunter Ray in 24th. And Jimmy Johnson listed in 25th. Uh, Scott Dixon, plus 16 on the day. Or I should say, uh, just Santino Ferrucci, plus 18. Pelot, plus 17. Ray Hall, plus 15. Hitch, plus 12. Dixon, plus 9. Scott has led 16 laps. Will Power, 4. Jones, 2. Rossi, 2. And Award, 2. Davey, what does this do uh, to the driver's mindset in terms of having a long delay like this and face with the pros- prospects of getting back into the race car after a long wait? Well, it's ever fun. You know, you're in the mode. All these guys didn't want to stop. They're in the mode. They want to keep going. But some of the drivers, uh, maybe they may have a chance to look at what the strategy is. Some of them may be happy and say, oh, this is going to work good for us. The other ones are going, ah, this is like Dixon said, ah, this caught us out. This isn't going to be good at all. So, um, they, you know, but they, they definitely don't want to be out of the car. Ryan Marine. Jimmy Johnson joins us. Had some issues early in this race, Jimmy. I understand it was a throttle problem. What was it that you were dealing with? Yeah, I was having a, a great time out there, uh, really enjoying this racetrack. Yesterday was tough for me to sort things out, and today has been a lot better. But the Carvana Honda was, was running great, and uh, just in, in the pack racing with guys. So I was really enjoying that experience, and unfortunately we had a throttle pedal fail and had to come to pit road and actually went behind pit wall to work on it. But the pedal has been replaced, so your intention is to get back out. Is that correct? It is. Every lap I can get right now is really important for me. Uh, we think we have it fixed. We haven't been able to fire the engine since the red, but uh, we're pretty confident we have the problem fixed and we'll be back in the race. That's good news for sure. What has this experience been like? You did the street race at St. Pete, but Detroit's kind of a different animal. Is there anything from your background that prepared you for this Belle Isle circuit? No, there's nothing that can prepare you. You just have to come here and race on it. Yesterday, the track was much different, and I really struggled trying to find confidence with myself in the car. Today has been a much better day for me, and I'm, I'm close to the pace. Just a moment ago, you were chatting with one of your IMSA sparring partners, Felipe Nasser. Uh, what was he talking to you about? I know he's tested one of these cars before. Were you swapping notes at all? Just catching up. Felipe and I have are become great friends. Um, I race for Action Express Racing and the IMSA side, more teammates on that side. So just happened to see him walking by pit lane and decided to chat a little bit. Awesome. And you got a little extra help up on the pit card here this weekend with Scott Pruitt. Yeah, Scott's come on board to really help me get deeper into this experience. He's one of only a few people that it's really driven a NASCAR vehicle, an IndyCar vehicle, and an IMSA car. So his knowledge and experience is, is very helpful for me in making this transition. What has he brought to the table specifically this weekend? Uh, it's really just helping me focus on the simple things and build confidence in those things. It's really easy to kind of take in this whole experience, and there's many things to distract you. And he's done a really nice job keeping me on task, focusing on things that really matter. Last thing for you, uh, last month you got to take in your first Indianapolis 500, not as a driver, but part of the broadcast team with our colleagues on NBC. What was it like? Was it an eye-opening experience being there on race day, even if the crowd wasn't as massive as it is uh, in a normal year? Yeah, everybody talks about the energy you feel at Indy 500, and without a doubt it was there. I know it wasn't a full house, but it was really, really amazing experience. And I had a lot of fun being on television, working for NBC and, and covering the race. Hey, thanks for your time, and hopefully you get some beneficial laps yet uh, this afternoon. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. Joel Sebastianelli. Santino Ferrucci has worked the high V Honda into the top three by the time the red flag came out. What does this do for the complexion of the race? 
Oh, you know, we just, like our teammate Graham, we haven't stopped yet. We're just on the red tire. He's on the blacks. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep running and uh, see how we do. I mean, it's we've got pace, clearly. So uh, you don't get there by not having any. And, our, you know, our Hyvie Honda is going to keep pushing through. Coming off an incredible month of May, sixth place at the Indy 500. What is the chemistry like with this team? Uh, as Piers like to put it, my team manager, you'd say it's ducky. <laughs> But, uh, no, it's been fantastic, especially working with Brandon and the guys here. I mean, we're not just your average third-car crew. We're a top-tier team, and, you know, we're here to show that. And uh, that's what we're doing today, and we did that in Indy, and we're going to continue to do that. Clearly, there's pretty good teamwork. Ricardo Nell keeping you cool with the air hose right behind you. It's a hot day. Oh, he's keeping me cool, too. I really appreciate that. Uh, so on a weekend like this, a doubleheader, when you're not out here every single week, does that help you acclimate to the track? Is it a little bit more difficult, or is it just like a standard weekend for you? I, this, there's nothing standard about Detroit, full-time or not. Uh, yeah, it's definitely difficult coming back in and this being your first road course or street course race. I've done this again. I've done this before in 18, so trust me, I'm not unfamiliar with just jumping back in and having fun. But, uh, no, it's it's nice to get another shot at tomorrow. You know, we're just going to keep building on today and focus on what we have ahead of us. And uh, tomorrow, just <laughs> new day. So when there's a third car here for the team, how helpful is that for Graham and for Takuma as far as pooling setups together and finding what works for the two of them as well? Well, it's really good because all three of us are running something slightly different. And then all three of us are running a different strategy. So at the end of the day, all three of us doing something different, we can go back, compare notes, and show up tomorrow, and we're going to take the one that worked the best. Let you turn around and uh, get the front part cool as well. Thanks, Santino. Thank you, guys. Good stuff, Santino Ferrucci. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for Ryan. Great conversation with Jimmy Johnson as well. And to, to show you that uh, there's no boundaries to the uh, talent, abilities, and the expertise of the AMR IndyCar safety team. Uh, right now, there's uh, there's a group of about three or four ducks, a, a mom and, and some babies, Nick Yeoman, that uh, they're, they're trying to get safely off the race course. Yeah, we want to get the racetrack repaired, but uh, most importantly, we want to make sure those ducks get off there as well. And I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do with those ducks. Ducks. There aren't a lot of openings in these uh, in the walls, but yeah, we're shooing ducks and repairing the racetrack again. Mark, uh, for those just joining, a big big crash for Felix Rosenquist uh, about a half hour ago as the throttle appeared to stick in turn number six, and he ramped that car up and over the tire barrier. It pushed the wall back, and the uh, safety crew and track workers here now working after Felix was extricated and taken by ambulance away from the crash scene where he was awake and alert, now trying to repair not only the wall but the fence line as well that sits right on top of that concrete wall and then of course they'll put the tire barrier back in place but uh, mark the effort continuing here in turn number six to try to get the racetrack ready to go racing once again and it looks like the ducks are safely off there you the course go. and headed back toward, uh, toward the waterway so good news there well done there and uh, again, uh, Davey, and, and taking a look at uh, the shot overhead from our multi-screen monitor, not only did we mention there was a section of wall that was knocked over, a couple of other sections were moved, and they have to get those sections back in place before they can get the new uh, piece in there to make it all make sure it all aligns properly. Yeah, it, it does look like uh, the, all the wall is back straight again, other than the missing piece, the one that was knocked over that are replaced with the new one. So. 
Uh, looks like they have it lined up. Looks like they're getting ready to stick that thing in there. Once they get that in there, they still have to attach the fencing and the poles to it to make sure if anything like that was happened again, it contained you within the racetrack. So there's still, you know, there's quite a bit of time left to still fix it. Yep, uh, we've got 27 of 43, uh, 27 of uh, 70 laps complete with 43 to go. Red flag continues here on the streets of Belle Isle. The Rev Group Grand Prix presented by American Medical Responses Sunday, June 20th. Communications Director John Eward joins us. And, John, we are thrilled to be returning to your iconic venue in the great state of Wisconsin. What has the response from your fans been like so far? Well, the response has been huge, and we couldn't be more excited. A lot of people have been pent up with COVID. And, again, our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody that's been affected by it, especially our first responders and everybody on the front lines, but our paddock will be open for fans for the Rev Group Grand Prix. Ticket sales are incredibly strong. Camping is strong. We encourage everybody to get your tickets and camping early because we're going to have an incredible crowd, and we can't wait to get everybody up here. The weather outlook looks beautiful, and we're excited to get cars on track and get everything going. Well, John, I'm assuming support from your corporate sponsors, which is so very, very important, remains strong for Road America. Absolutely. Everybody has been really on on bar, and also the ref group has been very, very supportive. We can't thank American Medical Response enough, and they're actually going to be allowing free entry for all first responders. That's police, fire, and EMS throughout the entire weekend. So that's pretty exciting as well. It's something really nice to give back. John Ewer joins us from Road America. So, John, what are the highlights for fans beside the NTT IndyCar Series? going to be a lot of cars on track all throughout the weekend. A lot of cars on track. We are also going to have Radical Cup and Vintage Indy. Plus, what's great about Road America is you're not dedicated to a seat. You can move around the property. So we encourage people to rent golf carts, uh, bring their collapsible chairs. You can watch from Turn 3, Turn 5, Turn 12, some of the most beautiful viewing locations in the country. That's why we're called America's National Park of Speed, because it's one of the few tracks where you can sit under a shade tree, put your feet in the green grass, and watch them. World-class IndyCar racing out on track. There's also disc golf available, go-karting at the SeaTech Manufacturing Motorplex, a family fun zone, our 7,500-square-foot paddock shop, lots of vendors, 14 concession stands, so you really can't ask for anything better for the weekend. And certainly want to give you an opportunity again. I know you're very, very proud of the salute that you had pl- have planned uh, this coming weekend for the first responders. Very, very proud of that. Uh, we can't thank them enough. And it, it's just really great to see so many firefighters, police, and EMS professionals come through and and bring their families, kids 16 and under, get in free. So if your husband's a cop and you're a firefighter or you're, a, you're an EMS professional, the whole family can come for free. So we can't uh, thank Rev Group enough for uh, helping us with that tribute to all these first responders, police, fire, and EMS. And we, we appreciate what they all do. Not only today, but every day, and this is our way of giving back, and uh, it's going to be an incredible weekend. We've had some outstanding racing in the past with the NTT IndyCar Series and the drivers on track, and there's a lot of big popular names who are looking to get another notch in their IndyCar belt here at Road America. Well, let's give folks those social media sites so they can follow you throughout the year and take on all of the great racing throughout the year at Road America. And then lastly, and most importantly, the website where they can get tickets. Absolutely. Friends can find all kinds of information on Facebook, 
Twitter and Instagram at Road America, plus also RoadAmerica.com. The hashtags for the event, Rev GP, Rev Group, Group GP. Also, IndyCar is great. And uh, RoadAmerica.com for all the latest information on the event. You can get maps. You can get concession stand information, ticket prices as well. Uh, the beauty of it is, is you can print your ticket home and have it scanned at the gate for contactless entry. And it's a wonderful 640-acre, four-mile, 14-turn outdoor facility, so it's the safest place to watch a race. And we can't wait to see everybody here. In advance, thanks for your world-class hospitality. We can't wait to see you. IndyCar is one of our favorite series to come visit, so we're super excited for next weekend. Uh, we can almost smell the brats cooking now in the infield at Road America for sure. Nick Yeoman, uh, some good news to report in terms of Felix Rosenquist and his condition. Yeah, we just got an official statement, a joint statement from both the NTT IndyCar Series and Felix's team, Errol McLaren SP. Uh, the statement is that Felix Rosenquist is awake and alert and is headed to a local hospital for a more definitive evaluation. A further update will be given in due course. So, uh, Mark, I think that can only be interpreted as good news that uh, if there are any injuries, they do not appear to be life-threatening. And, again, uh, the good news, awake and alert. We could tell as they extricated Felix uh, from the race car that that was the case. But uh, good to hear that they are going to take him to a local hospital for further evaluation. Uh, still under a red flag. Repairs continue to that portion of the wall where the impact occurred. Let's go back to pit road and Joel. Sitting with Sebastian Bourdais behind his pit stall, maybe the best seat in the house right now in front of a giant fan. But as far as where he is on track, not ideal. In ninth, and you did not want to see what you just saw for obviously a couple of reasons. This is not good for strategy either, right? Yeah, no, because we're pretty close to a stop, obviously. So uh, there are four or five cars, maybe six, not sure, that... uh, Bit it before the yellow, and uh, obviously those guys are going to cycle in front of us. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame we're P9 right now and going to lose all those spots and uh, will be what it will be, but uh, definitely not a, not a best scenario for us. Based on what we saw, you had obviously speed in practice, speed in qualifying, and you've got speed on track too. Is there anything either in this race or even tomorrow that you feel like could turn the weekend around for you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think we, we got a fast car. I just... Uh, Made a mistake this morning in the uh, in the second segment, and we started tenth. And uh, I had a pretty good feeling like the red tires were not going to last, which kind of lost a couple of positions trying to uh, to drag that on a bit. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just tough. You you just have to make a lot of assumptions on those doubleheader weekends, and uh, you know you're just going off of gut feel more than anything, and which just kind of missed a little bit. You are a two-time winner here. What is it about Belle Isle that suits you so well? I don't know. I think uh, I think both time I uh, I won, there was some kind of rain involved. So maybe uh, we we need a, an intervention from the skies. That would make this crazy, for sure, today or tomorrow. You're working with Justin Taylor this year as your engineer. What's been the relationship between you guys? What has he brought to the team? It's been good. It's been good. I mean, obviously, we we don't have many. Uh, setups that we feel super super strong about uh going into weekends like this weekend we just kind of rolled out the same pete car and gave it a shot and now actually seemed to be in the windows which is encouraging because obviously if it works at st pete it works here then maybe it'll be all right at nashville and uh and long beach so we'll we'll see but uh i think uh you know we we know we got quite a bit of work to do depending on what road course we're going at uh, so the, the GP seems to be a struggle for us so we got a lot of work on that but Barber was really good so kind of hoping that mid-Ohio will be uh, all be alright and so so are America so uh, 
we just have a, a lot of work ahead of us trying to you know straighten things out and get some baseline setups and uh, put some uh, strong uh, foundations. I hope you continue to stay cool over here and hope it turns around for you. Thank you. Thanks. To Ryan Marie. Michael Shank, last time I saw you, you were standing atop the victory podium at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway as the winning car owner for Elio Castroneves and his fourth Indianapolis 500 win. In the intervening days, has it sunk in? Do you Have you started to realize the magnitude of what you and your team accomplished? Uh, it's slowly. It's a slow creep in. We're super proud of everybody at uh, Meyer Shank Racing, Honda, and Auto Nation, Sirius XM, Elio. The old man still can do it, man. And uh, that was a big day for all of us that will... We'll never forget, and uh, just grateful for all the fans. Everyone that's come up to us while we're here is just really great, grateful, and just love that the people have that much passion. I felt like it came at the right time. We came out of COVID, first big event. Elio as a personality is bigger than life, and uh, just he delivered on, on every department. Has there been something that has surprised you in the last couple of weeks, somebody who's reached out to you that you weren't expecting or just something that's come along with this victory that's taken you aback? I, I think that I got some calls and stuff, texts from people in other disciplines of racing that, that respect the Indy 500, and that's always really cool uh, to get. But more people paying to pay attention to what we're doing here in IndyCar, for all of us sakes, is a good thing, right? So we want to build that program more. We hope to have Elio back uh, for next year, and we certainly have five more with him starting in Nashville that uh, we're really looking forward to. And uh, couldn't do it without AutoNation, SiriusXM, and Honda, and we're going forward. The growth of your team over the last four or five seasons has been so measured, just one step after the other, not taking any giant leaps other than that leap you made up onto the pit wall. That's amazing, that stretching that you did there. Um, but other than that, I mean, so with this growth with Elio's program, I know the goal is to have two cars full-time. In any way, does this change the the plan, just or the timing of this plan, or do you just have to stick with your guns because it's worked so far? Uh, it may change the plan. Okay. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what happens. We're, we're, we're you know we have six this year for sure, and uh, we have a lot of cool stuff happening. So we'll have some cool announcements soon. Michael Shank joining us, uh, not just IndyCar here this weekend. Sorry, Michael, <laughs> let you go in just a second. But it is a busy one for your program because you got the sports car team racing here too. One of your drivers, Dane Cameron, was yeah. here checking this out as well. Uh, what do you have to do from a logistical standpoint on a weekend like today when you're trying to run two cars across to two very different disciplines? It, it's a little it's a little bit difficult. You know, all of our net worth is basically in Detroit today. So all the equipment, trailers, just good people. We've got solid people on both sides. We have probably 42 people here. Uh, good leadership uh, from, from everyone from the top to the bottom. I mean, just everybody care about the product respects everybody and um, keep the communication open and the schedule to the number so uh, it's the first time we've ever done it so it's interesting and been very very busy you're gonna be following elio and srx this weekend as well i got them on my phone i'll be watching the whole time plus i hear from them every other hour anyways <laughs> sounds good thank you very much that's michael shank car owner for Meyer Shank Racing, Indianapolis 500 winning team. They're running Jack Harvey here this weekend, but uh, might be seeing them with full-time cars, two of them, a little bit earlier than initially planned based on that conversation and based on the success at the Indianapolis 500. Thank you, guys. Good stuff. Um, great hearing from drivers and some of the team principals for sure. So, uh, Davey, any concern for these cars uh, mechanically uh, after you know b b being at full song for about... 27 laps and then all of a sudden you shut it down for an hour or so and then you have to fire them back up and get going again there should not be any problems but remember when some of these guys 
ran out of fuel at Indianapolis, which they should be close. They cut a few of them could be close on fuel. They had a hard time getting them started again. I don't see that happening. I think they've cooled cooled off. Excuse me. I don't think any there'll be any problem whatsoever, Mark. But uh, but it's back to the same thing. You never know, right? You just never know with a, with a race car. They are a race car. They do have issues at times. But I would say that they're going to be able to take right off. Uh, yeah, but 27 laps complete. Scott Dixon is your leader. But, again, Dixon, Hinchcliffe, Ferrucci, Rossi, Rahal, some of those guys, the pit strategy, not going to fall their way today. We've already heard some of, some of them admit that. Yeah, you know, it's you, it's not over till it's over. They're, they're already working, I assure you, on a different strategy that could maybe help them later on in this event. And you don't know if there's another yellow going to come out or, or not. But, man, when you have... In Scott Dixon's case, 11-second lead over second place and, uh, you know, about a 20-second lead over majority of those guys and you lose all that, that's uh, that's a tough one. A couple of updates from Nick Yeoman. First of all, the news continues to be good as it pertains to Felix Rosenquist. Yeah, of course, uh, we just got a, a, an announcement from uh, the IndyCar series that uh, there was no uh, sense of injuries for Felix Rosenquist and that he is awake and alert being transported uh, to a local hospital just for imaging and, and for... Uh, uh, mainly for f- further evaluation, but uh, the, the prognosis is good for Felix Rosenquist. And, uh, and again, Mark, track repairs continuing there in turn six. Yeah, and it not only was there you know, a main section of wall, one section of wall, to- wall totally disjar- uh, dislodged, but uh, a few other sections were moved around, and they have to get all of those set and get the alignment right. So the red flag continues here on the streets of Belle Isle. About 350 Eastern is the goal. And again, repairs continue to that course of wall where the impact occurred. They're trying to get the walls aligned so they can get the fencing reattacked and then get the tire barriers uh, rebuilt. Well, I'll tell you something. We all with IndyCar Radio, the IMS Radio Network, we're honored and pleased and proud to be a part of. We're talking about the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500 mile race, along with you. We're going to relive the last 17 laps leading to the fourth win in the illustrious career of Elio Castro Neves. Here's how it sounded on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network. 130,000 plus strong. They're cheering loudly. Alex Pelot to the inside of Elio Castro Neves. No more saving fuel. We've got a shootout. Alex Pelot around Elio Castro Neves. The Spaniard back to P1. To go and Pelo checks out six car legs over Elio Castro Neves, then Pato Award, then another ten car legs back to Scott McLaughlin. Buckle in, settle down. The Indianapolis 500 is coming down to the wire with Alex Pelo just in front of Elio Castro Neves. Pato Award, Scott McLaughlin, and Simon Pagano. Now on the north side of the track, the short shoot, it's Pelo, a good four to five car lengths, though here comes Castro Neves out of four. He's only three car lengths behind. Again, all eyes on Rosenquist, Hildebrand, Sano. They have to stop again. Pelot, the leader into turn number one. That's right. It is four, five, and six. Pelot, Castro Neves, and Award. But, Michael, it's just laps away from being for the race lead. And just about a half a lap ago, we saw Pato Award start to close in on Elio Castro Neves. That advantage kind of slips away as Alex Pelot takes him all the way down to the white line. Elio, Pato Award right there. De facto leaders we're talking about, and now you can throw a blanket over him. It's Alex Pelot with Castro Neves just behind. Then Pato Award, and now trying to get up into that fight, Scott McLaughlin. And then don't count out uh, Simon Pagino. He's uh, in fifth in this, uh, the way it's playing out right now. 
13 laps to go this time by side by side of the start finish line. Elio got him easily. He passed him at the yard of bricks as the fans cheer on the three-time Indy 500 winner. Through the south end comes Elio Castroneves. Fans waving their hats. Elio Castroneves by three car legs, but Alex Pelot gets a great run out of turn number two. It's five-eighths of a mile away, but when Elio Castroneves makes noise at the south end, the north end comes to life. Now they watch as Alex Pelot takes the lead back into turn number three. Alex Pelot through the short shoot on the north end of the track, about a four-car length advantage for Alex Pelot, then it's Castro Nevis, then it's Pato Award. Rosenquist, Sato, Hildebrand continue to roll the dice. All last pitted in the lap 150s, although some of them are coming to pit road now. It'll stay Pelot, Castro Nevis, and Pato Award, but a change for the fourth spot. Simon Pagino with Evan Art's car, Michael. He's in the mix. Our 2019 champion has now moved around his teammate, Scott McLaughlin. Alex Pelot takes him down Way below the white line on the back straightaway. Elio Castroneves and Pato Award. At some point, we're going to reach that point where somebody says, okay, we're no longer doing any sort of fuel issue letting you get by. Alex Polo leading Elio Castroneves and Pato Award. Again, they are fourth, fifth, and sixth right now, but we assume these will be the leaders down the stretch. Polo with the advantage. Keep an eye on... Simon Pagino, fourth place running car. He's not that hard to find, Nick Yeoman. And where did he come from after starting deep in the field? He's fourth in line, and Michael, he's trying to track down those three ahead of him. He was about ten car lengths behind Pato Award last time by Simon Pagino. Down six car lengths behind Pato Award. Alex Pelot works the outside of the back straightaway. Right behind him, Elio Castroneves. Castroneves trying to make that move on Pelot, but Pelot swung just a little bit high, so it's Pelot again with Castroneves and then Pato Award and Pagano. And as Pagano in fourth, he easily got past his teammate McLaughlin. He's trying to dial in Pato Award for third. Scott McLaughlin doing all he can to keep with that lead pack. They're strung out a bit as they head toward turn number one. Pato Award right there in that third position. He sees Elio Castroneves trying to run down Alex Pelot. The Spaniard still leading this train to the short shoot. Everybody trying to see what they have for these last 12 laps. Pelot, Elio Castroneves, Pato Award has dropped back about eight Carlings, but man, Pelot takes him again down to the bottom of the racetrack. Rosenquist and Sato still yet to pit. They run one, two, so it's Pelot in third, then Castroneves fourth, and then Pata Award, but again, de facto for the lead. You know, every time Rosenquist passes by, I wait for him to go on the pits. He does not, so we come back, and Pelot with a three-car length advantage on Castroneves. Any chance at all those guys can go to the finish, Jamie? They last put it on lap 158 and lap 157, Rosenquist and Sato. I just don't see how they have enough fuel to do it. They, I mean, I, I'm at this point, can they go that 42, 41 laps? I'm not sure. I don't think they can. We will see. It unfolds before our very eyes. The attention goes back to third place running Alex Pelot into turn number three. And Alex Pelot has plenty of attention from Elio Castroneves. Castroneves again trying to draw a beat on that NTT data machine, Chris. Two car lengths behind him. Yeah, north end of the track. Castroneves, then Award, then Pagino, then McLaughlin. Those are the guys trying to catch up to Pelot. Uh, Elio Castroneves with a strong run off of turn number four starts to draw me to the start finish line. But Alex Pelot is already playing that game, trying to break that air. He's got a three-car length advantage over Castroneves. Alex Pelot, then Elio Castroneves, Pato Award, Simon Pagino, Scott McLaughlin, and Jay Query. We got another player of the game. Here comes Ed Carpenter in sixth. It is a 25-mile race at this point. Alex Pelot holding off Elio Castroneves. Then you wait before Pato Award, Simon Pagino, 
Scott McLaughlin, and then Ed Carpenter. But with 10 laps to go, the Arrow McLaren car of Rosenquist, he stayed out on the track. Exiting turn four, Pillow. He has a three-car length advantage on Castro Nevis. Again, Rosenquist, Sato, last pitted on lap 158 and lap 157 as Alex Pillow goes into turn one. And Pillow's advantage over Castro Nevis, four car lengths, another five over Pato Award. There comes Alex Pillow, midway point of turn number two, Elio Castro Nevis, but Pato Award has really fallen off this time by about five car lengths behind. Boy, Pillow was so aggressive to get to the bottom of the racetrack, exiting turn number two, but Castro Nevis went right there with them. Pata Award is right there to keep them both in sight. Pagano, they've now pulled away a bit from Carpenter. Their teams have to be talking to them that they are playing what they think is for the lead. Polo, three car links over Castro Nevis. Eight laps to go. Let's get an update from Pit Road. Scott Sander. Felix Rosenquist is setting up. If, that, if he pulls in and there's no yellow, then he's not going to win this race. How about Rob Blackman? Thing can be said for Takuma Sato. They're not going to change tires. They're just going to give them a splash of fuel. But they're setting up to get ready for Takuma to enter pit road with now eight to go. So they rolled the dice, Dave. Oh, hey, you have to do it. I, I applaud those guys. I mean, they were all running laps of 210 miles an hour, 212 miles an hour, 10 miles an hour off the pace, trying to save fuel. But with a 15-second lead, they could have pulled it off. But I... Here, here, here comes Rosenquist now. Not yeah, Felix Rosenquist comes on to pit road to the attention of Scott Sander. Academic for him at this point. Still wants a good finish, but this should shuffle the leaders out just exactly how you guys predicted. He is not yet down. In fact, he's uh, slow to start and may have been stalled. It'll be a little bit of work here for him, but everybody that passes puts him back farther in the field. Yep, Felix Rosenquist stalled the car. They're waiting to get it restarted, and we are waiting for Takuma Sato. Davey? Elio Castroneves makes another move. Getting by, by Plow. He leads the Indy 500 with seven to go, my, uh, Mark. Uh, seven laps to go now. We'll wait for Takuma Sato. He is indeed coming to pit road, but now let's focus our attention on Elio Castroneves. Castroneves, Plow, and Pato O'Ward as they work their way off of turn number four. Alex Plow in pursuit of Elio Castroneves into turn number one. And just six laps to go in the Indianapolis 500. Castroneves, Palo, Award. Then it's Pagano and Carpenter. We get a five-car fist fight for the 500. Four car length advantage for Elio Castroneves. Alex Palo hits that wide line, wiggles ever so slightly. Elio Castroneves doesn't take him down as low. Palo gets a nice run out of two. Palo now starts to pop to the outside. Alex Palo has the door shut by Elio Castroneves. Castroneves holds him off out of turn number three. They are going to run into traffic here in the short shoot as they exit turn number four. That is Rosenquist. He's in the way. Castroneves with the lead. Elio's been in this position before. A dog fight to the end. Alex Pillow works him to the high side of the start finish line. They're going to go side by side into turn one. Alex Pillow too strong. That blue and white car shoots to the race lead to the short shoot. Elio Castroneves has finished this race three times in the second position. Three times in the lead. This time by he'll be in second. Alex Pillow checks out. Eight car lengths over Castroneves. A year ago, these two both wondered if they'd make it to the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500 mile with a ride. Now it's Alex Perot, below with the ride of his life. Four car lengths in front of Castro Nevis. Yeah, that continues to uh, grow. It's about eight car lengths. Again, he has Rosenquist in his way on the front straightaway. Sato on and off pit road. Fuel only for him. His chance to win is gone. Alex Perot holding on to his chance to win into turn number one. And it's like he's found another gear. Michael, he 
he's opened up a 10-car length advantage over Elio. But he does have a car in front of him. That's the machine of Felix Rosenquist, and he will catch him about the midway point of the back straightaway. Pull away, car lengths over Elio. 30 years ago, we saw a four-time winner here. Could history repeat itself? Not if Alex Pelot is able to hold off Elio Castroneves. Five car length advantage, but Pelot's coming up on the slower Rosenquist. Alex Pelot in his second race. Elio Castroneves, his 21st. Rosenquist goes to the pits. A clear track now for Alex Pelot. Four mile an hour faster. Alex Pelot last time by. Three laps to go in the 150 Indianapolis 500. But Elio Castroneves, the savvy vet, he's not done. Michael, he's already carved it down to four car lengths. Alex Pelot enters turn two about a four car length advantage over Elio Castroneves. Pato Award about five car lengths to the rears. Here comes Pato Award to the middle. Now down low. Back to the middle of the back straightaway. Bob and weave. Bob and weave. Pelot trying to hold off Castroneves. The fans in turn number three are pumping their fists for Alex Pelot and Elio Castroneves. Elio Castroneves, a couple of car lengths behind Pelot. They exit turn number four. A two-car length advantage for Pelot. Elio Castroneves with a strong runoff at turn number four. They are sticking their way down the straightaway. Elio to the high side in turn number one. Boyt, Unser, Mears, and maybe Castroneves. Elio takes the lead out of turn one. We have two laps to go in the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500. Elio Castroneves, a six-car length advantage over Alex Pelot. They make their way down the back straightaway. Four-car length advantage. Get on your feet, turn number three. Everybody jumping for Elio Castroneves. The king of the dancing takes his way through turn number three. Throws up some dust. Pelot, two car lengths behind him. They're all on their feet, but there's a lot of traffic in front. Elio Castroneves, the lead out of four. And the white flag will fly on the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500-mile race and in turn number one. If Alex Pelot is going to get Elio Castroneves, it's not in turn one. Elio leads into the short shoot. Five cars ahead of our leader. A new team and a new life for Elio Castroneves. Ryan Hunter-Ray is in front of Elio Castroneves. Two car lengths advantage down the back straight away for the final time. All kinds of traffic now as they work their way into turn number four. But it's Elio Castroneves behind Ryan Hunter-Ray trying to hold up Alex Pelot. Castroneves looking for number four, Chris. A two-car length advantage. Elio Castroneves trying to become a four-time winner out of turn four. Off turn four for the final time. Elio Castroneves comes to the start-finish line. Twin checkers out and then there were four. Elio Castroneves joins the four. Oh, boy. Goosebumps even a couple of weeks later, huh, Nick? Uh, what a day, man. We're going to remember that one for a really long time. And, and of course, the next five or ten minutes, Mark, watching fans uh, jump the barriers and climb on the fence to celebrate yeah. with Elio, it was uh, it was a thriller two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, and, and I tell you, you know, so much uh, of, of, of post-race celebrations are scripted these days for our television friends, but Elio didn't want any part of that. I mean, he was going to celebrate. It had been many, many years. At one point, probably wondered if he would ever get back in a race car again at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And uh, that totally unscripted impromptu celebration is one of the best of all, of all time. I've seen in my 26 years of covering it. 
up there. He finishes a physically and mentally exhausting 500-mile race, and then he's you know jogging up and down the start-finish line, climbing the wall and the fence multiple times. It, uh, no, it was no doubt pure Elio Castroneves and uh, a little history that I don't think any of us are ever going to forget, Mark. Elio certainly more than deserving to join that four-time winner's club, and uh, yeah, you're right, just as thrilling to hear it now uh, two weeks later after that race win. Well, let's give uh, folks an update that kind of reset where we are, a red flag condition now. We've been red for over 56 minutes now, a one-car incident involving Felix Rose quiz first things first nick all of the uh, reports that we've gotten so far in terms of the condition of felix rosenquist they're all very very positive yeah we were uh, told uh, a statement from indycar and errol mclaren sp that uh, felix was awake and alert i also know that our television broadcast partner uh, nbc had an interview with dr billows uh, where he said that felix was not complaining of any uh, external or or, or or any type of injuries or pain that it was simply uh, uh, purely out of evaluation that he's being transported to a local hospital Hospital. So that is the best news of all because it was a hellacious hit for Felix Rosenquist. Looked like the throttle stuck in turn six. And now that we know that he is okay, the attention mark has shifted to turn number six where it looks like the repairs to the wall itself are completed. There are no safety crew members, at least on the right side, the track side of the wall, and that I believe uh, we're getting very close. In fact, yeah, they are starting to wheel the tire barriers back into place. So, Mark, it looks like the repairs repairs to the wall and the fence are done and now it's going to become uh, just academic of making sure that those tire barriers are secured in place i think we're pretty optimistic that uh you know i know they were shooting for 350 maybe a little bit later than that but the good news is it looks like that the track cleanup and restructuring of that corner appears to be getting close well once the car was cleared uh, the damage assessment had to begin that was done to the wall and uh, not only was it the one section that was knocked over but there were several other sections that were moved as a result and uh, uh, and, and Nick, part of the uh, the process in terms of uh, strengthening uh, that section of uh, the outside retaining wall back up as they actually used uh, some, some pretty hefty metal plates to connect those walls and kind of reinforce them to put them back together. Yeah, we saw some welders and some sparks out there to, uh, to kind of connect those walls to, as you mentioned, reinforce to make sure that if we do have another situation like that, that uh, that wall is going to hold. Again, everything did its job. The tire, thank God there was a tire barrier there because it, uh, it probably saved Felix Rosenquist from any type of serious injury. Uh, but yeah, now that that wall has kind of been welded and repositioned, they can now put those tire barriers back in place and that hopefully we can fire these Chevrolet and Honda engines very shortly. Uh, well, uh, Davey Hamilton, our driver analyst, and uh, Davey, as we mentioned during our qualifying show, believe it or not, it's been 20 years uh, since your accident occurred at uh, at Texas Motor Speedway, and uh, you can speak to firsthand what uh, what Felix Rosenquist is uh, is is experiencing now in terms of uh, the level of appreciation that uh, that he feels um, for the uh, safety innovations in these race cars, and uh, and, and while certainly uh, you know safety was at a premium uh, at the time of of your incident in terms of what they had done to make changes to the cockpit, they have continued to to, to change and enhance the safety features on these cars. That accident today is a prime. Example of that, you know, yeah, absolutely, Mark. You know, safety's been such an important thing in our sport for for many, many years. Way before I even started racing, you're talking about, you know, Bill Simpson was a good friend of mine, and you know, the guy that uh, that created a parachute way back in the days for the top fuel cars and, and the funny cars, and then became a race suit builder, a helmet builder. So innovation for safety, whether it's for you personally or for the race cars, has been going on a long, long time, and they've came a long ways. We look at some of the old photos 
that where we used to sit way, way in the front of the race right. cars, our legs almost in front of the axle, so to speak, and and, and now the driver continues to be moved back. Um, goods and bads with my accident. Obviously, they learned a lot. Delar added a bulkhead, moved the driver back even farther yet from accident like I had. But, uh, you know, I think one of the, the biggest things is with the Hans devices. And, and when it comes to the walls like we're watching right now, this is not a safer barrier because you, it's hard to put safer barrier on a temporary circuit. But they do the next best thing. They put a big tire barrier in there, uh, these, and it did its job. It got the car to where it absorbed a lot of that energy before it came to a stop, and then that was a blessing. All right, let's go back to pit road, check in with Ryan Marine. Mike Hull oversees the Chip Ganassi Racing operation. We've been in this pause here for going on an hour at this point, Mike. What does this do to the team trying to make sure the cars are ready to go, the drivers and crews are ready to go when we do get to resume racing? Well, two things. First of all, uh, glad Felix is okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, secondly, it's great to race in front of real fans again. It's, it's really amazing that uh, this thing in America is turning around and we're getting to race the way that uh, we remember racing. <laughs> Uh, street car, street racing is it's kind of it's kind of between a crystal ball and a magic eight ball. The, uh, somewhere in between there is probably where it's actually at. You know, uh, uh, we have a plan for the restart or, or for when we actually get to leave the pit lane together and uh, get racing again. We have a great car to get today with Scott. Uh, we have the chairman of PNC here with us, so that really helps us and. Uh, uh, we're looking forward to uh, a full-length race once we get going again. When you stop a car like this and then try to restart it getting going for uh, for the race, especially sitting out in this heat, what does that do to the components of that car? What do you have to prepare for? Well, there's a lot of heat soak. Uh, that's the master of the obvious. Uh, <laughs> but um, the cars are, are, are built to, to, to be in this condition anyway, so I think the entire field should be fine. When this yellow fell, what did that do to the strategy that you and Scott were working on? Well, we were close to coming. Uh, it just didn't work out for us. It wasn't in our favor today with that. Uh, uh, but as I said, if we had a crystal ball, it would be different. Uh, but uh, that's a magic eight ball statement. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll pit when the pit's open. Uh, and we think probably nine or ten, maybe eleven other people are going to follow us in. Um, and uh, there's, we don't know what the conclusion of the race is going to be. Uh, we've been, we, you know, IndyCar Communication has said it's going to be total number of laps that uh, originally meant to be. So uh, we'll watch it together and see what happens. Absolutely. Um, with with this with this stoppage uh, and looking, oh, sorry, let's back up. Let's look ahead to to tomorrow. You're trying to do uh, two races on a weekend. You've got the the sports car racing program racing here. It's a busy weekend for CGR, uh, and and now you throw this little wrinkle into things. Do you do you have backup plans? Do you have plans to uh, accommodate a little uh, wrinkle like this one? Well, I think. Uh uh, we, we've got a lot of great people that work at Chip Ganassi Racing, the ones that you've seen here at the racetrack as, as well as the ones at home. Uh, and uh, uh, we're prepared to race today, and we're prepared to race tomorrow. And guess what? Uh, we're going to lead into a sports car race here soon, and that's awesome. We're happy about the Cadillac program. Uh, it, it's come a long way in a short period of time for us. And uh, uh Kevin Magnuson did a great job qualifying the car yesterday, and he's got a great team and teammate in Ranger. So we expect great things there today also. Thank you so much, Mike. You're welcome. Thank you. I do want to give you the full field rundown, by the way, once we do resume, but we expect that to change again because of the pit strategy. It's Dixon, Hinchcliffe, Ferrucci, Rossi, and Ray Hall, the top five. 
Award, Herta, Polo, Bourdais, and Power, the top ten. Erickson, Sato, Pagino, VK, and Jones through 15th. Harvey is 16th. Grosjean, 17th. Connor Daly is 18th. Scott McLaughlin is 19th. 20th is Kellett, 21st. Joseph Newgarden, 22nd. Felix Rosenquist, Max Chilton, 23rd. Ryan Hunter-Ray is 24th. And uh, Jimmy Johnson is currently 25th. Scott Dixon has led uh, 16 laps. Will Power has led four. Jones, Rossi, and Pato Award have all led two. Davey, once we get back to green flag conditions, will this have that much of an impact on the pit strategy other than obviously ruining the best laid plans of uh, those that were running at the front right before that incident? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, it's like I said, it's helped some guys out, but the guys like Scott Dixon, definitely not Frucci, definitely not some of these guys that – were hanging on to those cars. Well, he were, they started with the blacks. They really weren't hanging on, but stretching that nice lead out, and then uh, they lost that advantage. But you know what? Did you guys just talk to Michael? He's, he's an intelligent, intelligent guy. He, he's been in this position before. It's not a favorite place to be, but uh, as he said, they've already been reworking the strategy. They're ready for this green to come out, and who knows where it all lays, but uh, they, they do have a plan. Hey, as we mentioned, your points leader, Alex Pillow, a, a six-position penalty to start this race because of an engine change for the 500. We get the specifics on that now from the guy who hosts our HPD update every week at the pre-race show, Michael Young. Michael? Yeah, Mark. So what had happened with Alex Pillow is that he had maxed out his first engine that went on full mile. So they went to engine number two. Engine two then was used this entire month of May. They went to put that third engine, the Indianapolis 500 engine, in on carb day. So they had a brand new engine, and that engine actually failed Alex Pillow. So they had to take that engine out, and this is an Indianapolis 500 rule only. They Taking that engine out, putting the second engine back in, cost him that six-grid penalty that we saw this weekend in race number one here at at Belle Isle. He has engine number two back in that car, so as soon as that engine is expired and mileaged out, they will then go to engine number four. Once he gets through four and five, they will no longer score any engine manufacturer championship points, but that's a long way to go. But that was what happened to Alex Pelot. They had to go back to engine number two. Honda did find an issue with that third engine. They figured out what it is. They wouldn't weren't able to tell me what that issue was, but that is why Alice Blow had that uh, six-grid penalty here in the streets of Belle Isle. Uh, thank you for that explanation, Michael. Good stuff. And, uh, and Davey, as we mentioned, uh, it just recently went back to, uh, you know, a, 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 a situation, Davey, to where it went from uh, it was a grid penalty for the car, the driver, then it went to manufacturer points, and now it's back to a grid penalty. Yeah, see, and I, I, we talked about it before, Mark. I'm not, I'm not sold on that. I, I think when a manufacturer that uh, you, you run their engines and when they make a mistake, it shouldn't be a penalty on that team or the driver. I mean, it, it's a leased engine, and you're paying for that to put in your race car, and I just, I just don't really believe that it should be a penalty on the team, but that's just my opinion of it, and I feel bad for those guys because, you know, no, they work hard as a team. They, they didn't do anything to cause a problem with that engine uh, as a team and, and being penalized for it just uh, just doesn't seem right to me. So, Davey, uh, we go outside of those guys that uh, might be in trouble in terms of that pit strategy. Uh, anybody uh, with an impressive run? I'll tell you what, Davey, let's, we'll get more of your thoughts and impressions on where we stand in terms of our pit strategy uh, in just a couple of minutes. Let's go back to Ryan Marine. 
Well, we could talk a little strategy, I think, with Kyle Moyer, who is the strategist for Simon Pagino. Kyle, uh, the way that uh, that this race began for Simon, he was one that ran longer on those red tires than most in the field. What allowed you to do that when so many were eager to, eager to bail on those tires as quick as possible? Well, a lot of it was just because we, um, as people were dropping off, it gave us clean air. And in the clean air, we, we sort of kept decent pace. I mean, if, you, if you're going to do this as a three-stop, you've got to make up 26 seconds somewhere. So when they started dropping off, we were only losing about a half a second a lap. So over the time to do that, we were okay. So, you know, for us, we decided to stay with that. That was our best option and everything. And it looks like if we get going back here, it might just work out okay. Sounds like drivers have just been called to the cars, but yeah, let's talk about the strategy position that you find yourself in. You, are you pleased with where you're sitting at the moment and, and what is still open to you for the rest of this race? Well, I mean, because we were able to stop right there before the red, you know, we only need to do one more stop. Um, most of the people in front of us have to do, still come in under this yellow. Now, uh, the guy that's sitting in the catbird, which I don't mind one bit, is, is Will Power because he's our teammate and I think he'll be the guy leading this thing here, and we'll all do one more stop and finish it out. Kyle Moore, you're joining us. Last thing for you, I understand you had a special honor here going into your high school Hall of Fame, Monrovia High School, where you were a classmate of our Mark James. Yeah, no, I, as you said, I followed Mark James in. <laughs> and um, now it's a great celebration, great uh, to represent Monrovia. It's a small little town, little farm town that... Uh, has got a lot of racing history between me and Mark and several other people that have came out of there to uh, be part of IndyCar, so a great honor. Thank you so much for the time, and good luck. Thank you very much. Uh, so, Davey, very, very interesting to get Kyle's thoughts and impressions. You know, you, you, you got one more stop from here, and uh, he sounds like that uh, he's pretty comfortable with, with the strategy and the way things are going to fall their way, and he said uh, he feels pretty good about Will Power's strategy as well. Yeah, and knowing that they don't have red tires in their in their forecast either, they're they're done and gone with them. Where Dixon has to run some reds, so um, he seems very happy knowing that his teammate Will Power seems to be in the cat bird seat. Until we get going here, and I figure out exactly who's going to pit and who's not, hard to say where it is. But those guys, they they're very smart. They get paid uh, the big money because of what they do, and uh, Kyle's one of the best. And you can't forget uh, another guy's some, another guy with a famous name, Gary Bittenhausen, out, out of that same area. You guys, right? Uh, well, Mark? you know, we we talked about that a little bit at the banquet last Saturday night, and you, you know, we were we were I think freshmen in high school when Kyle's family moved to Monrovia, and who they moved right across the road from, none other than Gary Bittenhausen, and uh, what kind of an impact did that have on Kyle Moyer's career? Because you remember when Kyle was doing volunteer work for Gary, following him all around the Midwest uh, with Uthax Prince Midget Silver Crowns. Absolutely, I, I remember him being out the Copper Classic with Gary. Gary Creative built his own sprint cars, and and Kyle coming. It's amazing how far he's made it, and and you too, Mark. I mean, it's a, it, like you said, small little town, not very many people there, but a lot of success. He said he threw everything he owned in a truck, him and a buddy of his, and they drove out to California and they walked in Dan Gurney's race shop, and he asked for a job, and he said Dan Gurney handed him a broom and said, "Go to work." <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. I yeah. was a wheel. I was a wheel polisher, Billy Vukovic the third in Hemelgarn in '88, polishing wheels during the 501 years. So I know how that is. Uh, so uh, again, Nick Yeoman gives an update from the scene of that accident. Accident. It looks like the good news is uh, you wouldn't even know that it happened at this point. Yeah, it looks like the uh, the reconstruction of the wall is completed. And Mark, certainly, we we always give all the love in the world to the AMR IndyCar safety crew for what they do. Uh, to take care of the most precious commodity, and that, of course,
course, the lives and the well-being of our race car drivers. But a really great job by the entire track crew here that uh, that Bud Danker and, and Roger Penske and everybody put together that uh, that organized the Detroit Grand Prix. Uh, a lot of those guys that, that show up with the the you know the forklifts and and the, the shovels That's and the right. hammers. Their thought process is, hey, we set this racetrack up. We're going to tear it down in a few days. Uh, their weekend should be pretty uh, nonchalant and not very busy, but a host of, uh, of track crew members working over the last half hour, and their efforts are super appreciated and, and should certainly uh, not go unnoticed because they have uh, repaired that wall. The tire barriers are in place. Uh, the catch fence and, uh, and, the, and the walls have been welded together, and it looks like, Mark, uh, we are just moments away from firing engines. And we hope to refire engines and get back to green flag racing. Race number one at Belle Isle momentarily. Let's pause 10 seconds for stage identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. Hey, pretty big announcement recently, Davey Hamilton. It's now the Big Machines Bike Coolers Grand Prix taking center stage on Saturday uh, of uh, the August 14th. Of, it's on the 14-turn road course at IMS. Uh, big Machine uh, upping uh, their interest in the support in events at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's the historic IndyCar, NASCAR, and Xfinity weekend. That's yeah, great isn't news. that great? The Brachetta's a uh, great company. Great vodka, by the way, and hand sanitizer. And... and uh, uh, happy to see that. You know, they're a big part of the Nashville race, big part of Nashville itself. Scott himself is a great racer. Actually, both of them, Mark and Scott. Scott's still actively doing it. Mark does it every now and then. So they love the sport, and then coming to Indianapolis to, to be part of that uh, is, is, is a great thing. And, Nick Yeoman, uh, you recently uh, dipped your toe in the old NASCAR water as a, a prelude to what's coming up in August. You joined our friends for the Performance Racing Network out in Sonoma, and I know you were part of the broadcast crew that had that memorable Xfinity call on the road course uh, a year ago at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, you, like me, and the rest of us, awfully excited to have the chance to make a little history and call NASCAR on the road course for the first time in August. Yeah, I certainly had a good time out in Sonoma with the uh, Performance Racing Network, and that crew is uh, excited to join us and all of race fans back at the corner of 16th and Georgetown, where, yeah, that is going to be a fun and unique weekend. The Xfinity Series back on the road course, and then for the first time, Mark, the uh, Cup Series as well. So uh, that is going to be a fantastic weekend that we're all really looking forward to. Well, and I, I, I tell you, it's a, it's a pretty cool deal. And, folks, it's not an easy thing to take two broadcast crews from two vastly different disciplines and kind of weave them together the way that we do. And uh, we always look forward to it. And part of our reward for having them up here is that you and I have had the honor and privilege the last couple of years and will do again this fall. We go down to Charlotte at the end of the season and join them for the historic Roval event. That's a cool event. Yeah, it's uh, and then NASCAR's had an interesting season so far. Nobody touching Kyle Larson. You know, we've had six race winners in uh, in, in six races so far, and, and Kyle Larson kind of stinking up the joint as he has been uh, having a phenomenal season. So, yeah, we're certainly looking forward to, to heading down there. But, uh, but first and foremost, as you mentioned, that Brickyard weekend going to look a little different than in the past, and, uh, and what a cool experience for race fans to come out to get to see stock car racing and IndyCar racing at IMS on the same weekend. You know, we did it last uh, last year for the first time, but it was under certainly pandemic right. uh, c- circumstances, and now to have fans out there, I cannot wait to see the type of crowds we see. Davey, you told me a number of years ago when he was just a youngster that you thought at that time that Kyle Larson was going to be as good maybe as there ever was. He impressed you early on in his career, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Knowing the kid from sprint car days and knew about him and knew who he was driving for, with a Brit, but my buddy Brent Kading did some driving for him and he told me he goes man this kid's outstanding they went to keith coons and i called keith about him he goes hey had a lot of great drivers uh, but this kid is just unbelievable and 
He's taking it right to the top. Uh, it's amazing the talent that he has, whether it's dirt, pavement, midget, silver crown. It doesn't matter what he gets in. He goes and wins in it. So uh, it's a talent like we haven't seen for a long, long time. Next couple of races is going to be interesting. Once we clear this one, Davey, we go to uh, Road America. We know how fast and challenging that one is. And then the ultra-challenging, ultra-fast Mid-Ohio sports car course. So uh, certainly uh, uh, no rest for the weary uh, while while they, they clear the difficulties of this one. Two, two very challenging, very very cool racetracks are uh, right around the corner. Yeah, fun ones, right? I mean, Road America, talk about fast, a lot of action. Uh, the largest course that we go on, so that's going to be very, very exciting. Mid-Ohio, what a challenge that one is, too. Um, the up and downs and the, the rounds. So, two, hey, by the way, Mark, a lot of campers at both those. There are going to be a lot of people yep. spending the entire weekend there. It makes it a lot of fun for everybody. Yeah, you might have missed it earlier, folks, when we talked with John Ewart, the Outstanding Communications Director at Road America, and they're happy to be back at full capacity. And uh, they encourage you to get online now at the Road America website and uh, get those camping spots while you can. And we know a lot of people, Nick Yeoman, they plan their summers around the NTT IndyCar Series, and I'm sure they're happy to be able to do that again this year after they couldn't last. Yeah, that's the cool thing about this kind of Midwestern swing on the IndyCar calendar. Obviously, we got the 500, and then we head north to Detroit. We got uh, a race, a weekend in mid-Ohio coming up, and then, as you mentioned, the annual pilgrimage up to Wisconsin. Uh, Always a lot of fun to see folks around the Midwest make their way out uh, to watch some racing. And most importantly here at Detroit, Mark, you could hear the background moments ago. Engines are fired, and the front of the field heading back onto the racetrack, and I'll tell you what, Detroit race fans have had to wait two years to see IndyCars back out on uh, Belle Isle. We hate that they had to wait a little bit longer to see the completion of this uh, this first race, but awesome to see, Mark. The uh, car's back out of the racetrack as we should be racing here in just a few laps. Interesting to note, Davey Hamilton, that new race coming up at Nashville. We had conversations yesterday with Bud Dinker, uh, the chairman of this group that puts on the race at, uh, at Belle Isle, and he said basically... They gave the race promoters uh, at Nashville their playbook. That's how badly they want them to succeed. They wanted them to know. They wanted them to know what their capital expenditures like and, and everything that they would need in order to put on a great race weekend. So that shows you the level of cooperation that there are among the propo- promoters as well to make sure the series as a whole succeeds. Yeah, how outstanding is that? Helping each other out, these promoters. It's the best thing for the sport, right? To help each other to make sure that we all have success and um, just. Just a great thing. And now another thing with Nashville that I've been reading about is the new temporary wall and fence setup that we have not seen yet. It's a new technology. Excited to see that. It could play effect just what we've seen right here, uh, Mark, with this accident with Rosenquist. It could be something that could uh, could help accidents out on these permanent or uh, temporary street courses. And, Joel, Sebastianelli, you say that, uh, that things have already started to unfold once we get back to green flag, green flag racing in terms of Scott Dixon's future. Yes, the first car that we will see will be Scott Dixon. He has not made a pit stop yet. The radio chatter has been about the cars in front and behind him on reds. He started the race on blacks, and they've said about Takuma Sato and about Roman Grosjean. The way their tires degrade, we're going to keep an eye on it. That's going to tell us what ours will do. We're going to get a chance to see how those tires look. He'll be the first car in pitting from the lead. Uh, Davey, when you were out uh, the fastest seat in sports, that two-seater as part of free race festivities, uh, what did it look like just outside of the racing groove? Was that thing already dirtied up from qualifying earlier today? No, it actually wasn't. The track was very, very clean. But I'll have to say this. It took a little bit to get heat in the tires on this racetrack. Now, obviously, we're not going 100% 
like the, the Indy cars are, but it took a little bit of time to get heat. But they had that track spotless for these guys at the start of this race. My goodness, Ryan Marine, look at all the cars coming to pit road. Oh, it's going to be busy, that's for sure. We've got Alex Pillow laid out on this side of the pits. The points leader coming in that's not had a very good weekend uh, to this point. He comes to a halt right now. Also in Colton Harda, Scott Dixon, and others. Pato Award. It's busy down here, Joel. Alexander Rossi and Scott Dixon both come in. No adjustments on either of those. Rossi goes out on blacks, Dixon out on reds, both in about eight seconds. Did, did, did we get off of pit road without any contact, Dick Gilman? That got a little close <laughs> upon uh, action. I, I don't know. They were going three wide at pit exit, and it looked like Alex Pillow. He might have kept an inch between his right rear tire and the tire barrier that kind of jutted out. It got awful tight there, but thankfully... Looks like everyone made it. Updates from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of the NTT IndyCar Series. So now everything cycles back. Oh, Davey, look at that. We're getting a look at the replay right now. <laughs> and, uh, boy, it did get mighty tight. It got tight. What happened when Colton Herta came out, uh, you had uh, uh, Frucci on that side of him, and, and those are three wide. And I tell you what, yeah, that was as close as you can get without hitting them for sure. Yeah, a little bit of contact there, but not enough to do any damage to anyone. So now we'll complete. 29 laps next time by. We're still under caution, but we want to give you the full field rundown now that we've cycled back through after those pit stops. Will Power is your leader. Erickson is second. Sato is third. Pagino is fourth. Renus VK is fifth. Ed Jones is sixth. Jack Harvey is seventh. Roman Grosjean is eighth. Connor Daly is ninth. McLaughlin is tenth. Eleventh, Scott Dixon. Twelfth, Ray Hall. Thirteenth, Pato Award. Fourteenth, Rossi. 15th for Rucci, Colton Herta 16th, Alex Pillow is 17th, Bourdais is 18th, 19th Hinchcliffe, 20th Dalton Kellett, 21st is Joseph Newgarden, Felix Rosenquist listed in 22nd and out of the race, Chilton is 23rd, 4 laps down, 5 laps down is Ryan Hunter Ray in 24th, and in 25th, 17 laps down is Jimmy Johnson, we talked to him during that stoppage, Nick Yeoman, uh, and he's just basically out there getting seat time, learning about the car, and hoping for a better fate tomorrow. Yeah, Jimmy was complaining of uh, some from throttle sticking issues, so that car came to pit lane, and as you mentioned, 17 laps down, and uh, this will certainly be another 42 laps for Jimmy to learn, and uh, we'll see what he can come back with tomorrow, qualifying and race number two tomorrow on IndyCar Radio. So, going to be interesting to watch the race strategy unfold, and Davey, do you think at this point everyone is going to be content with one more stop? Yeah, everybody's going to do just one more stop. Even the guys that pitted a little bit earlier are going to stretch it out. That's that's where they had the catbird seat. Is everybody has one stop, but what it did is it cycled Power, Erickson, Sato, Pagano, VK, Jones, Harvey, Grosjean, Daly, and McLaughlin towards the front. Then Dixon, who was leading this by 10, 11 seconds, cycled him back to 11th. Now it's all on equal ground. Although you got to remember this: how long is this stint going to be? We'll soon to find out. But Jones. Dixon, Hinchcliffe, and Palou, uh, Palou all on reds this time. We know they don't last very long. And it's interesting to note, Dave, because leading into the 500 in a news conference that I, I overheard uh, Will Power and Joseph Dugard were a part of, Will Power always said that it's a smart idea to follow Scott Dixon because Scott Dixon's always the lucky, luckiest guy when it comes to timing pit stops and pit strategy. He said, you follow Dixon, good things are going to happen to you. Maybe not the case today at Belle Isle. 
or at the Indianapolis 500 right. either. The, the yeah. last two events has really caught him out for some reason. And, and he's so right. It's, I do what Dixon does because he seems to have it figured out. That team seems to have it figured out. The luck was on their side. But like I say, the last two events, it's definitely caught him out. Yeah, a couple of, uh, couple of other cars decide to come to pit road very, very late in that sequence. Ryan Hunter Ray was one of them. Looks like Joseph Newgarden also decided to come to pit road. And Michael Young, cars working their way in front of you down at turn number seven. Yeah, the tail end of the field with Jimmy Johnson now entering turn number eight. They start to make their way around. But yeah, the pace car and the leader, Will Power, are already working their way through turn 12 and 13. So it looks like the uh, furled green flag is in the hand of the starter, indicating we're getting ever closer to going back to green flag racing. And uh, we have completed 29 laps. And by the way, uh, Davey, an hour, 18 minutes, 43 seconds. That is a very lengthy red flag. Wow, that's, yeah, it was. And we knew it was going to happen when we seen that incident. Uh, just tore up too much stuff. And just in case it's something like that happens again, they have to go in. They have the chances of doing that again, slim to none, right? But you just never know. So you have to fix it properly just in case uh, somebody hits in that same area. So it took a lot of time, but they got it, they got it fixed properly. Yeah, in case you're just joining us, uh, Nick Gilman kind of recap uh, that horrific incident involving Felix Rosenquist. Yep, it happened in uh, turn number six, the final right-hander before the long back straightaway. And based on in-car images that we saw, it looked like the throttle stuck. He was up against the rev limiter, and he made massive, massive contact with the tire barrier. It actually launched the car on top of the tire barriers, pushed the wall to the outside, disrupted the catch fence as well. There was a long extrication process. The good news, though, Felix Rosenquist awake and alert and was not complaining of any injuries, was uh, transported to a local hospital in Detroit purely out of evaluation. And then, as you mentioned, Mark, a long 78 minute delay to repair the wall and fence but everything set to go as we can resume this race uh, moments from now with 39 laps to go michael young uh, give us the top 10 as they work their way off at turn number seven so power erickson already by then it's sato pagino the machine of Redis vk ed jones jack harvey roman grosjean and connor daly scott dixon back in that ninth or tenth position but the field already working their way through turn number 11 mark and again hats off to this crew who fixed that fence as davy said slim to none anybody would hit there again but they made sure it was completely fixed before we ran again yeah and again uh, not only was one section knocked over but several sections were uh, knocked you know out of line and they had to realign those and then they had to reset the fencing and then they um, also had to get the tire barriers reset. We'll complete 31 laps this time by as the green flag flies, and we are back to racing now. Turn number one, Will Power already jumps out to a half a second advantage. Erickson, Sato, Pagino, VK all giving chase. Will Power looking pretty comfortable now as they set up for turn number four. Big battle is for that fourth position as Simon Pagino is going to protect the inside from Renus VK, who was looking racy right at the drop of the green flag. Scott Dixon's going to pick up a spot around Scott McLaughlin about halfway uh, to the midway point uh, through the field. But up front, it is Will Power makes his way through the bender of turns five back to the right in turn six. That was the scene of that accident. Ed Jones is going to look to the inside. He'll get around Simon Pagino. Leaders, though, already on that back straightaway, roaring through the RPM. Michael heading to you for at speed for the first time once again. 
Will Power already about a two-car length advantage over Erickson. Then it's Sato, Renus VK, Ed Jones, Pagano. Oh, some wheel bagging further back. Grosjean gets around Jack Harvey. Now Scott Dixon has his eyes set on getting around Jack Harvey as well. Boy, Jack lost a lot of positions. Here comes Scott Dixon through turn number 10 all over the rear wing. Trying to get another position. Again, passing that 60 of Jack Harvey. Yeah, Jack Harvey is uh, under all kinds of assault. Jack Harvey has Scott Dixon. Daly and McLaughlin all running behind him. He had picked up a couple of spots on McLaughlin and O'Ward, uh, and uh, now he's trying to hold on to that position. That's the ninth position that Jack Harvey owns with Connor Daly and company giving chase. Meanwhile, back up front is Will Power, who's opened up a lead of six-tenths. Power is trying to shake loose of Marcus Erickson, but he can't do it. They're single file through the first five. That's Power, Erickson, Sato, Rita's VK and Ed Jones with a nice rebound. Looks like pit strategy might catch him out, Nick Gilman, but he's recovered nicely. Yep, he's running in that fifth position. We talked about Scott Dixon being really racy. He's on those alternate red tires. He knows he has to get as much as he can here on this restart, but it is Will Power out of turn number six. About a three-car length advantage over Marcus Erickson. Another two or three back to Takuma Sato. Sato has his hands full with Rita's VK. Michael VK trying to get that third position. Sato now sets up for turn number seven with DK all over his rear wing. About a car length advantage. And right behind them, Ed Jones and Simon Pagano. Those two also battling. The leader already working his way through turn number 10. Will Power with about a two car length advantage over Marcus Erickson as they exit turn number 11. Marcus Erickson hanging right there with uh, Will Power, uh, Davey Hamilton. It looked like the leader earlier in the race was able to check out, but Erickson keep, keeps a pretty good pace. I'm not so sure that that uh, Power's car is exactly how he wants it. He hasn't been that fast, been up and down on the charts. The Reds, I thought, well, that slowed him down. He's going to be really fast on these blacks. But I'll tell you, he is not holding up the pace. He's off pace, actually, quite a bit from earlier runs on these black tires. Uh, front eight starting to check out a bit. That's Will Power, Marcus Erickson, Takuma Sato, Renas VK, and Ed Jones, the top five. Pagino, Grossjohn, and Dixon. Again, the top eight starting to get a bit of separation from ninth place running Pottawa Ward as they set up for turn number four. Marcus Erickson took a peek to the inside at turn number three, thought better of it. We've had three first-time winners. Could he possibly be the fourth? This is the sight mark of his best finish of his career. In 2019, Marcus Erickson had a podium. He finished second. He's got a nice charge down the back straightaway. Michael, he's going to try to get around Will Power as they head to you in turn seven. He goes to the outside, now looks to the inside. All over the rear wing of Will Power is Marcus Erickson hustling that husky chocolate Honda. Here comes Marcus Erickson, now drops back three car legs. But boy, he had a handful trying to get around Will Power, was able to get up to that rear wing, lost a couple of positions in this lower portion of the course. Just behind them, Grosjean and Pagino is a pretty good battle. That is the battle for the sixth position. Simon Pagino would like to have it. Grosjean is widening the elbows, plenty. Pretty good battle for the second position is Sato and Rita's VK. Again, a car peels off, goes to pit road among the top five. It looks like the 51 of Roman Grosjean is headed to pit road. Don't know if this is a scheduled stop or not. Flat looks tire. like there might be a little damage, maybe a flat right front, Davey, for Roman Grosjean. Yeah, that's right. A flat right front tire. I don't know if he got into somebody. The nose wing actually looks okay. Just looks like that right front tire is flat. What a bummer for him. Running so good today. He has another shot at tomorrow, but a good run. It just seems like uh, must have must have sliced it on something. Uh, Ryan Marine, you can peek over the wall as he starts to pull away. 
Yeah, Roman Grosjean got away. It looks like just the flat tire, no damage to that car. They made a pretty significant front wing change as well, but costly because he had a good run going after qualifying in the top three. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, maybe it looked like he was poised for a top five or certainly a top ten, and that flat tire is going to change his fate for sure. Yeah, he was in really good position to have a, a quality finish today. I, I keep saying that he, he could be the guy, another rookie, that's, that's going to get a win underneath his belt. And I figured he may be one of the guys that hasn't won this year that could win. But by the way, either it's Power or Erickson who are running 1-2 right now. Uh, race control is ordered to Kubasato to give up a position for blocking. So you could bump to Kubasato back to the fourth position. So an interesting call by race control. Now it looks like the front three have started to gain some measure of separation. That's Will Power, Marcus Erickson, and Rita's VK as we have reached the halfway point. Sato, Jones, Dixon, and Award trying to keep pace. The front two now starting to check out a little bit. Uh, Erickson trying to play a little bit of hide-and-go-seek at the entrance to turn number four, Nick Yeoman. Will Power can't shake loose from it. I'll tell you what, Mark, fastest car of that trio, though, might be the one in third. That is Renus VK as he has run down Marcus Erickson and now looks at the back of that red and white car for Chip Ganassi Racing. They'll make the bend out of turn number six. It's Power by a two-car lengths over Erickson. Another two back to VK. Front three heading to turn seven. Yeah, Arenas VK really closing up that ground as we have a, a potential pass for the lead. Marcus Erickson looks to the outside, now dives back down to the inside. Won't be able to take advantage of that move and get around Will Power, but that does allow Arenas VK to close in on that rear wing. Boy, Arenas VK really reeled in Marcus Erickson that time by Power. A one-car length advantage out of 11. Problem, problem for Erickson is, Davey, is he can't open that door too wide because Arenas VK is sitting right there waiting to pass. <laughs> yeah, when, when he makes that pass, he better make sure he can make it because if he gets out of line and doesn't complete it you're right vk is right behind him ready to snatch him from him uh just behind them uh and sato and jones that's a good battle that's a battle for the fourth position and ed jones has really given dale coin a pretty good day and again grosjean was giving him a good day as well until he ran into the issue with that flat tire and he had to come in for a change Front three start to separate just a little bit. Doesn't look like Erickson is poised to make much of a run at this point. You never know, though. The fastest portion of the racetrack for him, Nick Yeoman, is typically off of turn number five and six, headed down that little bender of the back straightaway. Yeah, it tells me Will Power just put down a really, really good last lap because he has put three car lengths between he and Marcus Erickson. Another two back to Renas VK. Then it's Takuma Sato starting to peek into that picture. Leader making his way down the back straightaway, and it's still Will Power. Yeah, Marcus Erickson went from attack to defense, but he has about a two-car length advantage over third-place running Renus VK. It's willpower through turn eight. About a three-car length advantage over Erickson. Now Renus VK falls back about four-car lengths. Willpower again, two-car lengths ahead of second-place running Marcus Erickson. Trying to keep our eye on the championship battle now that we've cleared the 500 and the focus can, can return to that in full song. Alex Below based upon his runner-up performance at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, has gotten himself into the first position of the points by 36. But again, uh, that, that engine change relegated him to a 25th starting position. And Alex Below picked off a couple of spots early on in this race, but currently he finds himself in the 17th starting position. So he's not able to move up much at this point as Alex Below. Meanwhile, the leader, 
willpower with a four-tenths of a second lead over Marcus Erickson. Rinas VK gives Jason to turn number four. Mark, you mentioned that championship battle. The guys two and three in, in the championship right now slugging it out. That is for the battle for the sixth position. Scott Dixon on those alternate reds trying to hold off Pato Award, who's on in seventh and on the primary blacks, and Pato has really been putting the pressure on. His red tires could be falling off a little bit for Scott Dixon. Michael, it's the battle for sixth down the back straightaway. Yeah, the top five have kind of checked out. Oh, Scott Dixon, when he hit the brakes, wiggled ever so slightly. That allows Pato Award to close in on that rear wing. Dixon in that sixth position. Pato Award seventh. Simon Pagano right there in eighth. So Dixon through turn number nine now. Able to check out for Pato Award about four car legs. But boy, Pato closes right back into about two car legs, exiting 11. Yeah, you got to wonder, Davey. Uh, we look up there on timing and scoring, and we see one red square among the top 15 cars. And the, those reds, the only one on them is Scott Dixon. Yeah, and how is he hanging on as, as good as he is now? He's losing some pace. Pato Ward is putting some pressure on him big time. Still ran a 120. The leader actually ran a 119, so they are off pace a little bit. But he finds himself in that sixth position, so he's just waiting for that pit window open so he can come in to get those red, uh, black, reds off and the new blacks on. And Scott Dixon is absolutely getting worn out by Pato Award. Award takes a peek to the inside. He can't make the pass off of turn number three. Can he get him this time, Nick Yeoman? Well, he won't get him in turn three, won't get him in turn four. Best spot is going to be in turn seven. We'll see if Pato can get to the left-hander of turn five and the right-hander of turn six and get the momentum built up to chase down Scott Dixon. Both of those drivers heavy on the brakes. Dixon's car steps out a little bit. Award still two car lengths behind Michael as they make their way down the back straightaway. Is Pato close enough this lap? No, he's not, but boy, that gap has certainly fallen off. Dixon holding up the rest of this pack. Pato Award trying to complete what he wasn't able to do in Barber, and that's win for the pole. Boy, he was all over the rear wing of Scott Dixon through turn number eight. If he doesn't get him this next time by, it might be the lap after because Pato Award is wearing out the rear wing of Scott Dixon. Yeah, and as uh, Pato Award is forced to wait behind Scott Dixon for an opportunity, and that's created an opportunity for Simon Pagino, who's currently running in the eighth position. Harvey, Ray Hall, and Herna are among those trying to keep pace. But that threesome now, as they had a, a set up for turn number 13, starts to check out a little bit. Dixon, Pato Award. This is the battle for the sixth position. Meanwhile, back up front, Will Power has an eight-tenths of a second lead over second place running Marcus Erickson. Renus VK is third. Sada was fourth. Ed Jones is fifth. Let's check back in. Pato Award and Scott Dixon, Simon Pagino, uh, as uh, Pato was finally able to make that pass. Yeah, he got him on the front straightaway, Mark, as uh, Dixon's car went a little wide, and immediately he has already gapped Scott Dixon by four or five car lengths. So now it becomes the task of Simon Pagino and that bright Menard Chevrolet for Team Penske. He'll try to gather it back up. Leader's already down there in turn uh, seven, Michael, but Pagino trying to get Dixon. Pagano about three car lengths behind. Oh, and right behind Simon Pagano is the machine of Jack Harvey. A nice move around Graham Rahal. So put Harvey up a position as he checks up ever so slightly. But now Scott Dixon trying to hold off Simon Pagano. That's for the seventh position. Here comes Simon Pagano, two car lengths behind. And, Davey, they're really stacking up behind Scott Dixon. It's Pagano, it's Harvey, it's Rahal, Herta, and Rossi all back there trying to improve positions. Man, that's just the picture of it, right? You have those red tires on, those red sidewall softer tires. You're going to be fast for a few laps, but then after that, it seems like everybody starts stacking up behind you that has those black tires. As Simon Pagano goes down in turn one, he gets underneath Scott Dixon. So right now, as I said, Scott Dixon, he's just praying for that pit window to open. 
probably in about six more laps. It's good. As soon as it opens, he's going to jet in there to get those black uh, black tires on. going to be a matter of time before Jack Harvey's going to be able to work his way around him as well, Nick Gilman. They're really starting to bunch up now off of turn number four. Boy, the big beneficiary may be Alexander Rossi as they stacked up right in front of him. Graham Rahal had to get out of the throttle. Rossi moved to the inside at turn three and picked up the spot from Graham Rahal. So move Alexander Rossi back into the top ten. Now it's uh, Jack Harvey and Alexander Rossi, the two pink and black cars, trying to chase down Scott Dixon. Michael, they streak underneath the Pure Michigan Bridge and head to turn number seven. Yeah, Scott Dixon now has a mirror full of the Jack Harvey car, and right behind him, Alexander Rossi. The battle for seventh, eighth, ninth, and then that tenth position, as we talked about with Graham Rahal. Right behind them is Colton Herta. But this time by, Scott Dixon doing a fine job gapping himself from Jack Harvey, but that allows Jack Harvey to all have a mirror full of Alexander Rossi. Here comes Rossi out of 11. Uh, Alexander Rossi with a strong move, going to look to pull alongside Jack Harvey, and he's going to make the pass and do so, Damian, and area that's not notorious for passing set up for 12 and 13 yeah what a great run he really did set that up well and kind of forced his way in there cleanly and, and made that nice pass and Rossi he, he's been running good this entire weekend and it's qualifying second does find himself in ninth right now it's gonna be hard to catch these leaders potentially but seems like uh, they found their speed again so, uh, with 41 laps complete, Will Power is your leader. Erickson is second. VK is third. Sada was fourth. Jones is fifth. Pato Award is sixth. Pagino is seventh. Dixon is eighth. Rossi is ninth. And Jack Harvey is tenth. Graham Rahal, eleventh. Colton Hurd, twelfth. Scott McLaughlin is thirteenth. Bordet is fourteenth. Fifteenth, Ferrucci. Sixteenth, Newgarden. Seventeenth, Pelot. Eighteenth, Daly. Nineteenth, Kellett. Twentieth, Hinchcliffe. Twenty-first is Roman Grosjean. 22nd is Max Chilton, four laps down. Five laps down is Ryan Hunter Ray in 23rd. Felix Rosenquist out of the race in 24th. Jimmy Johnson, 25th. 18 laps down, race number one, the Grand Prix of Detroit at Belle Isle. Scott Dixon's on pit road, Joel Sebastianelli. Dixon stops on four dimes. They were coaxing him on the radio when those tires went. They went quick. He's onto blacks now, the ones that suited him so well at the beginning. Seven and a half seconds, no adjustments. Harvey, Pelot, Colton Herta among those that have come to Pit Road. The updates from Pit Road being brought to you by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. So, Davey Hamilton, we see that pit window opening up for these teams and drivers, especially Scott Dixon. Yeah, and I, you know, if I'm them, I would say, boy, I'd kind of like to have a yellow just to save a little bit or know that I got enough fuel to make it to the end. They cut it pretty darn close, but uh, but obviously they think they can make it. It may be on a, fuel, a little bit of a fuel-saving mode, but what I feel, even if you're on fuel-saving mode, you're still going to be faster with the black tires than you are the red. Battle for 18th is pretty good, and it's between a couple of drivers, Nick Yeoman, that just came off of pit road. Yep, it is Jack Harvey and Colton Herta. Harvey's going to gap Herta by just a little bit, Michael, as they head to you in turn number seven. Yeah, Jack Harvey peeled off after he lost a little bit of ground. Has a really good looking race car right now. Able to try, well, he's actually trying to catch Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon's about 10 car lengths ahead of him. Harvey about three car lengths. He's right in front of Colton Herta as they work their way now through turn number 11. Harvey about a three car length advantage. Uh, so Dixon is 17th running, Davey. So uh, Dixon would be, uh, I guess, the front runner in that trio that came to pit road. And Pelot is right there as well. So it's Dixon, Harvey, Herta, and Pelot, that's 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20th. They're probably hoping at this point things cycle back to them and they would be the leaders in this race, but you think they need some help for that to happen? Yeah, I think so, because if you look, 
it's it's going to be a, under about a 40 second difference i think to make your complete pit window and they're at 47 seconds mark so i just don't think that he could come out in front of these guys like power erickson vk sato when they make their pit stop it's going to be close on some of these guys but i think he would cycle out in that fifth or sixth position mark Gilbert, their play right now mark is for a caution to come out right now because we're in the pit window with less than 27 laps to go so if a caution were to come out right now then everybody else uh, running in the top 15 would have to pit, and Scott Dixon would cycle his way to the race lead. Uh, that battle between Harvey and Herta is not over yet. It continues to get ever tighter. We'll keep an eye on that while we go to pit road and Ryan Marine. Jones has been putting together a very strong run. He's off of the black tires and onto a set of sticker bracks, but a big delay here releasing the car. Problems with the fuel. Slow going in, and Ed Jones leaves, but he has been delayed. Joel. Alexander Rossi goes from blacks to blacks. A quick stop for him with no adjustments. Takuma Sato will be in momentarily from fourth. Uh, this is the part that I always find most interesting, Davey, when that pit window first opens up. Who decides to come and win and then how it all shakes out. And uh, th this this is either when uh, the, the race strategists become the guy who makes the call. He's either the hero or the zero, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the key thing is right now, as both guys that the brakes were like Rossi, he pitted earlier, like with Dixon did. Where's he going to cycle out with some of these guys? It's going right. to be interesting. It's going to kind of lay it all out right now. And saying that is, it looks like he cycled out right in front of Dixon, right in front of him. So still a bit of an advantage for those guys uh, that got on the reds early. Uh, so, again, uh, they continue to kind of uh, trickle on to pit road. The latest to come, the 30 by Jack Machine of Takuma Sato, Joel. Takuma Stato stops on a dime. He'll go from blacks to blacks as well. There is a slight hold up on the fuel, but he's gone. So a good on and off for Takuma Sato and Davey as we uh, see from his in-car camera as he's making his way off of pit road. Handful of other teams planning to come now that this window is opened as well. Yeah, I think as soon as that window opens safely, I think a few of the guys like Dixon did just a little bit early uh, just to get off those darn red tires because they were falling off so much. So you may have a hard time fuel savings wise to get by power. I mean, uh, Rossi. So, uh, but they're all going to start cycling in here soon. I expect to see, you know, the, our leaders, which is Power, Erickson, VK, Pato Ward in that fifth position. I expect to see those guys in momentarily. Rossi currently running in the 14th position, last pitted on lap 45, two laps later than Scott Dixon. Dixon is in hot pursuit of Alexander Rossi now as they start to set up for turn number four, Nick Yeoman. Yeah, and these drivers are on brand new Firestone tires after packing those cars full of fuel. And it is, uh, again, Scott Dixon giving chase to Alexander Rossi. They'll make the bender through turn number six and head back onto that back straightaway. The advantage for Rossi right now, about three or four car lengths over Dixon. And then another three or four car lengths. Michael, back to Sebastian Bourdais. Yeah, it was a lot closer last time by when Alexander Rossi came out on cold tires. He had a mirror full of Scott Dixon. Now Sebastian Bourdais starting to give Scott Dixon some fits. Alexander Rossi now pulls away about six car lengths over Scott Dixon. Ryan Marine. Marina's VK in and out of the pit lane might be a problem, though, because it appeared he ran over the air hose. We'll have to keep an eye on that, but the young Dutchman likes the car. He was running third prior to that stop. Now, Davia, if you remember, a couple of years ago, they decided to make that a post-race monetary fine if it did not endanger anyone. So that's going to be the call from race control. Now, if that thing flung around and moved around the pit box or went into another pit box or off on course, it may be a different penalty. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. It didn't really, no harm, no foul. Other than it was actually the air gun that he ran over with that right front tire. So it, it might have been done some damage to that tire. Uh, we'll see momentarily if it did or it didn't. But I, I, I've seen the gun. It just didn't get pulled back in time as we see Will Power, our leader, coming on pit lane. And uh, Will Power has now led twice for 24 laps. And it looks like second place running Marcus Erickson is coming to pit road just behind him, Brian Marine. Will Power is in. The Verizon crew goes to work. It is a quick stop. A little bit of fuel spilling over, but that is clean. Also down and away, Marcus Erickson, both out on blacks. And Simon Pagino just came on and off pit road. Let's go to Joel Sebastianelli. Marcus Erickson onto Blacks pitting from second position. That's his best finishing position ever, and it came right here in Detroit. The only updates on the radio on intervals. He seems to like what he's got. Did you have an off over in your section, Michael Young? Indeed, I did. Sebastian Bourdais was trying to close in on Alexander Rossi. He had to use the runoff area and actually rejoin the field in the same position that he went off, right in front of Scott Dixon. But a nice maneuver here from Sebastian Bourdais through this runoff area in turn seven. Uh, so what, the, the way it looks right now, Davey Hamilton, Pato Award, Graham Rahal, Santino Ferrucci, Joseph Newgarden, those guys all last last minute around lap 28-29. We're just waiting on them now to come to pit road. And if that's the case, things once they come, the lead should cycle back to Will Power with Erickson running P2. Yeah, I tell you what, right now, Newgarden isn't playing nice with his teammate. Really put an inside move on him going down in turn five. That bout took them both. I mean, they about touched each other going into five. Pretty risky move on that, but Power uh, fortunately was in the marbles, got out, got clean, but you're right. Once those four pit, um, I think Power's going to have clean track in front of him, and, uh, you know, we'll see if he can hold off uh, Erickson, VK, Sato, and Pagano for the rest of this race. Yeah, we're just keeping an eye again on the top four. It's Pato Award, Ray Hall, Ferrucci, and Newgarden. Those four have yet to stop. Will Power and last pitted on lap 48. And Davey, you think he's okay, but the ones that you think might be in trouble would be who? Ed Jones on lap 44, Bourdais lap 44, and Dixon lap 43, and Harvey? Yeah, so I think that 43 with Dixon's kind of be the outside guy. I think, you know, I can't imagine them pitting him any earlier than they have enough fuel. So I think he's going to be on fuel save mode, and and I think he'll make it. But, boy, I don't think he can go many more laps than that. Uh, so, uh, Michael Young, that earlier off, that resulted in Sebastian Bourdais uh, actually having to give up a position, and uh, that's, that was the call by race control. Bourdais, they, you can't use that runoff to gain an advantage. Oh, you can't, but boy, he certainly tried. He got right in front of Scott Dixon, so the way it's sounding, they're going to make him give Scott Dixon that position. But once you get through these four barriers, you could just fly to the exit of turn number 11, and that's indeed what Sebastian Bourdais did. Guys, a quick note on Pato Award once he got around Scott Dixon. I don't know where or when it happened, but man, Pato Award has worn off the Firestones on his left front tire. It's like a black wall now, so that young man certainly hustling, trying to get the win today. And it looks like he just went to pit road Joe Sebastianelli was there he did pitting from the lead and from pole position he'll go out onto blacks as well just like everyone else we've seen in the last few laps yep uh, blacks for the final 20 lap stint and with 20 laps to go it's Ray Hall Ferrucci and Newgarden but again all of those drivers last pitted on lap 28 or 29 and uh 
Uh, then you go to Will Power, Erickson, VK, O'War, Sato, Pagino, and Jones, your top ten. And uh, things getting a little racy between Pato Award and Graham Rahal as they come back out. On, actually, that's Takuma Sato, Nick Yobin. Yep, it is his teammate, Takuma Sato. Very similar blue and white cars. Easy one to, to catch you up on. And Pato on those cold tires trying to hang on for dear life and get those things up to speed. It looks like he may cycle into the fourth spot when it's all said and done. But Takuma Sato, give it the pressure down to turn seven. Yeah, and it'll take at least a lap to those tires to come up to temperature for Pato Award. Right now, he's got about a four-car length advantage over Takuma Sato. He really checks out when he gets to turn number nine and now through turn number ten as he makes his way through 11. It's Pato Award about five car lengths over Takuma Sato. Again, Graham Rahal, Santino Ferrucci, and Joseph Newgarden are your top three, but they need to stop one more time. And the verdict is in on Joseph Newgarden, Davey. Uh, we see Joseph Newgarden come off of the course. He's on to pit road now with uh, uh, 19 laps to go. Yeah, cycles his way in that sixth position, which is probably uh, what drops to seventh, eighth now it is by the time he gets right behind Sato. So continues to drop down. Jones gets by him. Uh, his teammate, uh, McLaughlin, he he definitely has damaged his car. He hit the wall pretty hard with that left rear tire, and the toe is completely out. It looks like it's crab walking down the straightaway, so I expect to see him coming in momentarily. He's, he's going to be losing a lot of speed. And, and we'll keep an eye on Joseph Newgarden to see where he cycles back in now that he has come off of pit road. And uh, it looks like he's going to cycle back into about the 11th position just behind Roman Grosjean and just in front of Alexander Rossi. Ninthly, 19 laps to go. Race number one, the Grand Prix of Detroit. Graham Rahal, Marcus Erickson, the last two come to come to pit road. Now only Erickson needs to come because Graham Rahal is there. Yeah, Graham Rahal just got his service. He pushed that as far as he could into this stint because he had to go onto the reds. So they want to try and and uh, have as few laps on those reds as possible here on the final stint. Graham Rahal down and away. Check that again. Erickson did stop earlier, so he does not need to stop again. So it cycles back through to Power, Erickson, VK, and Sato. Update from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway, the official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. And uh, Nick Gilman, this race is far from being over because Erickson and VK power can't shake loose from them. Yeah, in fact, Michael, they're heading down to turn seven. The top three all nose to tail. Yeah, Will Power about three car lengths over Marcus Erickson. It's almost like they're biding their time right now. About three car lengths still through turn number eight. But Will Power cannot shake Marcus Erickson. So too, Renus VK. Renus hanging very tough on the rear wing of Marcus Erickson. About three, four car lengths between first, second, and third. Coming off of uh, in that 7-8-9 portion of the course, it's a series of right-handers. It stays pretty tight, but it's deceptively fast. A couple of short straightaways, and uh, the view from our monitor shows that just out of that racing group, boy, a lot of marbles are starting to build up to the high side of that racetrack. Now a very fast portion down into turn number one, then a short little straightaway into turn number two, and then they glide it back to the left. They are single file. Will Power, Erickson, and VK Power with a five-tenths of a second lead now as they exit turn number three and set up for four. All these cars with red and black and white accents. Uh, it's a fantastic looking trio at the front of this field. Will Power driving that Chevrolet for Team Penske. He's got about a three-car length advantage over Marcus Erickson through the left-hander of turn number five. Back to the right through turn six. They'll jump back onto that back straightaway. Renus VK doing everything he can to hustle that car to hang on to the front 
front two, but it's still Will Power down the back straightaway by three car lengths. Yeah, it looks like uh, Marcus Erickson is right about the same distance he was on the rear wing of Will Power last time. But like you said, Nick, Renus VK trying to hang on. He has dropped another three car lengths from where he was just one lap ago on the rear wing of Marcus Erickson. But boy, Marcus Erickson just giving Will Power everything he wants coming out of 11. Yeah, probably the most unsung of this uh, Ganassi Racing stable, but uh, in many ways a very quietly consistent driver, Davey, and I think his confidence just seems to grow week in and week out talking about Marcus Erickson. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, he's had some good runs, just a little bit of bad luck. Showed the speed. He's with the right team, and right now this uh, P2, he'd be happy to take that home, and and right now if, if it ends... The way it goes is right now, guys, it'll be another winner, first-time winner this year. I think that ties a record for IndyCar Series. Uh, he has a couple of top five finishes, Nick Yeoman, one year ago, did Marcus Erickson, and it was kind of a feast or famine year for him. I mean, he had a couple of struggles where he finished 32nd in Indy and finished 23rd at the Worldwide Technology Raceway, but he also had a nice string of top tens. It's been a process. I mean, just every year that he has stayed in IndyCar, he's getting a little bit better, a little bit better, and no doubt, Michael, he's try to knock that door down, kick in the door for that first career win. Still has a few car lengths to make up the power. Yeah, I think he's trying to be patient right now. We've got the slow car, Max Chilton in front of our leader, Will Power. Will now through turn number eight. Renus VK closing up some ground this time by, but Will Power as he breaks for the right-hander in turn number 11. Now has Marcus Erickson, three cars in the rear. Oddly enough, Davey, his career best finish, second place here at Bell Isle one year ago, Marcus Erickson. So clearly, there's a lot about this racetrack that he likes. Yeah, how about that I didn't realize that he was second here last year, but you're exactly right. Just this rough, uh, this rough little tight racetrack fits his style, obviously. Ob- and strategy you got to remember, strategy always helps. You got to be at the right place at the right time. He had a teammate that was we thought going to dominate this race until that yellow came out uh, for Rosenquist, but uh, great job by them. And right now, they're dealing with a little bit of a uh, lap traffic or somebody coming out of the pits. Looked like that could have been uh, the Carlin car of Max Chilton, but he let it by, and on they go. Well, Nick Yeoman, there's no question, as we have 14 laps to go, that uh, much has been made about how long it's been since Team Penske uh, has been at victory lane in the NTT IndyCar Series. I don't think there's anything wrong with Team Penske. I think it just speaks to how competitive the series is. Yeah, there's no doubt this organization is not used to going, uh, you know, six races without scoring their first race win, but uh, it has just been one of those kind of years. It's been super competitive throughout the field with lots of different organization stepping up. Ed Carpenter Racing gets the victory lane with Renus VK. Of course, Pato Award finally punches through and gets that first win for Errol McLaren. So, you're right, Mark. Team Penske's still got uh, some, some really good shoes, but Will Power trying to be the guy to win the first race of the year for 2021. And you know, Michael Young, uh, additionally to that point, consistency we think is going to win this championship because we expect there to be so many different race winners this year. And if this holds true to form, now Will Power finds himself in the top seven in points, along with his teammate Simon Pagino and his teammate Joseph Newgarden. And you think about the year that Will Power has had more lows than highs for him to get a win here on the streets of Belle Isle, which would be his third, would be a heck of a comeback considering everything that that team went through in the month of May and everybody thought to themselves, there's no way they're even going to be competitive at the Indianapolis 500. Able to pull through that month okay, but starting off strong in this month of June. We will complete 58 laps next time by Will Power is your leader. Marcus Erickson is second. Renas VK is third. Sato is fourth. Award is fifth. Simon Pagina was sixth, Ed Jones is seventh, Graham Rahal is eighth, Roman Grosjean is ninth, tenth is Santino Ferrucci, eleventh, 
Alexander Rossi, 12th Joseph Newgarden, 13th Scott Dixon, 14th Sebastian Bourdais. Daly is 15th, Herta is 16th, Harvey is 17th, Pelot is 18th, Hinchcliffe is 19th, Dalton Kellen is 20th, Scott McLaughlin is 21st, Jilton is 22nd, Ryan Hunter Ray is 23rd. Jimmy Johnson is 24th, 18 laps down, and uh, the only car out of the race, Felix Rosenquist, currently 25th. Again, 13 laps to go, race number one here at Belle Isle. Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the Brickyard, Brickyard 400, Gasoline Alley, the greatest spectacle in racing, racing capital of the world, Indy, Indy 500, Indianapolis 500, IndyCar, Indy Lights, and Indy Racing League are trademarks owned and or licensed by Brickyard Trademarks. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of the information, descriptions, and content of this broadcast without the prior written consent of the IMS Radio Network is strictly prohibited. This broadcast is a copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network. Hi, I'm IndyCar driver Joseph Newgarden with a message from Outrun the Sun. Did you know if you filled the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to capacity 12 times, you'd have the number of Americans diagnosed with skin cancer every year? 12 times! Skin cancer is preventable. Join me in pledging to be sun smart. When you're outdoors, protect your skin by wearing sunscreen, hats, and sunglasses. Learn more at OutRunTheSun.org. to go of the 70 uh, first half of the doubleheader and uh, will power 11 finishes of fifth or better in points he's been a runner-up of the championship four times Davey Hamilton two wins last year for Will Power but it's been uh, up and down past couple of years we'll say for Will Power yeah it has I mean he's still clicking off those poles but just uh, hasn't had the wins like he's used to have it Although he's, you know, he's still in the game, this would uh, catapult him up to seventh in the championship, gaining five spots, only 81 points out of the lead. So he's still in contention. You know, we know what he could do when it comes to race wins and qualifying. Once he gets on a roll, he could be a pretty dominant guy. So uh, he's definitely now, he didn't win the 500. Matter of fact, he barely made the Indy 500. Had a decent finish here, but right now they're focused on the championship. But first of all, he's going to try to be the seventh different winner of, uh, of the season. Well, one thing's for sure, third place running v- Re- Renus VK has kind of lost track of Power and Erickson. And Michael Young, by the time they get to you, you'll see the VK starting to get some company from Takuma Sato. Yeah, VK's pretty much lost touch with the top two drivers, that being Will Power and Marcus Erickson. As, as you said, he has fallen into the clutches of Takuma Sato. Looked like the back end wiggled ever so slightly as he braked going into turn eight. Rita's VK now in that third position has Takuma Sato about five car lengths behind. Yeah, interesting to note Will Power with the numbers that he's starting to accumulate. We talked about the number of poles, 60-plus uh, career poles, Davey Hamilton. He's gonna he's about to close in if everything goes well with the final ten laps on career weight race win number 40 and this is a guy that first started racing uh, in open wheel racing back in 2005 yeah it has a long ways to go in his career too he's not even thinking about retirement at this point we we kind of wondered there for a few years if he's going to be re-signed with Penske but earlier this year they announced he's got a, a multi-year deal I don't know if that means two or more but a multi-year deal so he doesn't plan on going here for a long time and uh, he continues to to raise the bar up and, and change uh, change the record books uh, and Davey, and, and, and let's kind of qualify that record. We say he started in 2005, but in that year, he only ran two races. Then in 2008, the Champ Car World Series, he had one start. And, and, and then he had only six starts in 2009, 
in the NTT IndyCar Series. So it's not like it's been full seasons for him since 2005, which makes the numbers that he has accumulated, you know, over 4,400 laps led. It makes that all the more impressive. Yeah, there's a guy that was didn't have full funding, didn't have a full-time ride, just filled in where, where he had. But in all honesty, I think it worked in his advantage because he was available when this Penske, Penske ride needed a, a fill-in driver, and he filled in. And not only did he fill in uh, to, and do a great job, he filled in and stayed full-time with the team. So uh, it probably worked in his advantage by not having a full-time ride when this game available. Nick Yeoman, I know Alex Pillow has been kind of hung up in the rear of the field most of the day after starting in the 25th position, but uh, over the last couple of laps, he's picked up a couple of points here and there, and that lead uh, that he enjoys as the points leader, you know, it was 36 coming into this race weekend, and uh, by gaining spots, he continues to gain a point or two here and there. Well, and the other thing that, that you got to keep in mind, Mark, is the guys that are chasing him for the championship haven't had stellar days. Pato Award was the pole sitter, thought he'd be a potential to win this race. He's only running in fifth. Scott Dick has not had a good day. He's running in the 12th position. Uh, Joseph Newgarden's been up in the championship hunt. He's running down in 11th, so it's kind of about managing that gap for Alex Pillow, and you're right. It looks like all told 16th, not going to be happy with that, but he's not going to lose nearly as many points as maybe we thought he would have at the beginning a couple hours ago. Well, the good news is Michael Young for Alex Pillow. He gets the chance to requalify tomorrow and improve his starting position and hopefully be at a point where he can be very, very competitive. Yeah, and for him, that sixth grid penalty didn't really hurt as bad as we thought it was because it started so back so far back in the field anyhow as you had said he's slowly picking his way through the field and he's making his way through this back portion of the course right now and for Alex Pillow to get out of this race with only losing or actually gaining a couple of points that's exactly what he needs and, and, and consistency to be able to fight through these kind of challenges is what is what makes a champion at the end of the season seven tenths of a second the lead for Will Power over Marcus Erickson with seven laps to go so Damian's Will worried much about what Erickson's doing behind him? Is he paying much attention to his mirrors, or he just is he just kind of stay, staying focused on his race and hitting his marks? Well, I think a couple things that he likes to see. One of them, VK losing ground, getting stuck behind Keller right now, continuing to lose ground. So that really, he only has to worry about one guy. Matter of fact, uh, Sato just got by VK at this point, still held up behind Kellett. So he, I think he's managing Erickson. I think he likes just one car to, to give him any pressure back there. Erickson seemed to back off that little bit. Another advantage for, for Will on these tracks, as the race goes on, you just mentioned to mark the marbles. Once they get outside the marbles, it's harder to pass. They're, they're because you just can't. I mean, it becomes a kind of a one-lane track, and Will likes that too. But he has a nice, they run at almost the exact same times. And, you know, doing that and trying to pass somebody is pretty difficult. Let's pause 10 seconds for Stacetown Identification. This is the IndyCar Radio Network. Masato, Nick Yeoman, you were able to see that pass on Rena's VK. Dalton Kellett was involved in that, even though Kellett currently running in the 20th position. Yeah, I'm not sure Dalton Kellett's going to be on the VK family Christmas card list. He had a chance to get out of the way going down into turn three. Didn't do it. It stacked things up, and that allowed Takuma Sato to set Renus VK up. It was a full commitment pass into turn number five. Takuma Sato got to the inside, used a bit of the curbing, and Mark, he took that final step of the podium away. He just got by Dalton Kellett to put him a lap down. Oh, and we got a big wreck, Mark. Roman Grosjean's had problems. Uh, full course caution, the 51 of Roman Grosjean, who was running in the 19th position, and so 
with uh, six laps to go, Davey Hamilton, what Will Power did not want to happen was a caution <laughs> to come out onto the course. Yeah, he did not want that. But in all honesty, uh, it's probably going to be about three to f- two to three laps to go probably by the time they get this cleaned up. And it is single-file restart. I think Will's in the catbird seat. He gets to control the start. It seems like he has a little bit of speed over over uh, uh, Erickson, so I think he'll still be okay. And watching the replay, uh, he just got it. looks like he locked up the, the – oh, got a red flag. It's interesting. He's going to have red flag, guys. So that more laps, but I still think power is going to be in, uh, in, in control. Yeah, and, uh, we've had a chance to look at that replay a couple of times, and just Davey looked like he overcooked it getting into the corner. Yeah, that's what it was. And another thing that happens is is as these tires get wore down, as they get hot, you lose braking power. It's not just cornering and, and acceleration and grip. It's braking power. So when you he got on those brakes hard, it just slid that front end ever so slightly. And with the walls on both sides, there's zero, absolutely zero room for error. And, um, he, he, he got that right front in there. Didn't It hit fairly hard, actually, for not a really a high-speed wreck and kind of caught him up in there. But, man, this, I, Mark, we haven't seen two red flags. I was just getting ready to say and, that. You know, I don't know when the last time that was. I don't even remember. But just doesn't happen very often now. I'm going to say drivers will not get out of their cars. I'm going to have to think. They'll probably only allow a few crew members out there uh, to, to, to start the cars. Nobody to work on them, I'm going to guess. Uh, Roman Grosjean is out of his car. He's taking a look at it, shaking his head, uh, obviously very dejected. And, uh, you know, what? Uh, Davey, this started out as a very promising day for this Dale Coin race team. I mean, most of those guys, uh, both of those guys had, uh, had really, you know, had pretty good qualifying efforts and, and got off to good starts. So the pit strategy didn't fall Grosjean's way early on. Uh, right now, he's being listed a lap down to the 20th position. Uh, all is not lost, though, for Ed Jones because Jones is uh, is still running in the top 10, Davey. Yeah, isn't that amazing how that works? I mean, really, it was a position to, to, to do well and potentially win this race. And then get the, the strategy just didn't work out for him. And then he fights his way back. He's going to still have a decent day. And then just one small mistake uh, drops him back. He's not going to finish better than 20th position today. And that's another another rookie that's looking for rookie of the year, rookie points, and uh, just didn't work out today for him. Uh, Joel Sebastianelli's on pit road. Guys, Will Power is not happy for a variety of reasons. In a mixture of exhaustion and frustration is yelling on the radio, please, please, please get me out of here. And they said, yeah, Will, we will. We'll get you a fan. He is exhausted. He is hot. He just wanted this race to end. These guys are dying inside the car. Yeah, and this one of the things that we talked about, Davey, and uh, how difficult this race was going to be on them physically because of uh, the level of heat and because of these aero screens. And uh, to Will Powers, uh, uh, to the to, to point, uh, these guys are they're they're ready to finish this race and get out of these race cars. Yeah, one thing you got with, with these aero screens that we have, they have not figured out how to keep these drivers cool as they need to be. I mean, there's no reason. I've been hot in a race cars plenty of times but not so hot that you can't stand it and you can't hardly breathe and get claustrophobic feeling in these cars when you get that hot and you're kind of contained in these things so it's something there's not a driver right now on pit lane that doesn't have an air hose squirting in their face and 
we never seen that before. I'm back to safety. I love safety, but they need to do something to get these drivers cooled down. And if it's a weight issue, if it's too much weight for them, just make it a rule to where everybody has to run the whatever device that is so they all have the same weight and, and cool these drivers off. Well, and again, Davey, the concern is for these drivers. They say, look, we understand this is going to be a tough physical race. They're all tough physical races. The problem is what's going to be tested are there recuperative powers in terms of being able to get back into the car and do this all over again tomorrow? We'll get Davey's thoughts on that after we check in with Ryan Marine. Joined by Brent Harvey, who's on the radio with Renus VK for Ed Carpenter Racing. He's running in the fourth spot now, just lost that third spot a few moments before the red to Takuma Sato. Renus might be one of the guys who's happy to see this red flag. He's going to get a shot at Takuma. Does he have a car that can take the fight to him? Yeah, he definitely does. He's He's always got something there to take to whoever's in front of him. So we'll just see what we can get with here and give it a go. Try to play it safe, but uh, get a good top five finish today for sure. How impressed are you? This is his first time to this track, and he's taken to it beautifully. Yeah, he's doing really good. He done a great job in qualifying. We went red-red compared to most people just to get him up to speed. And then we uh, pitted early. He was doing really well in the blacks. His race pace was great, and that's what got us here today. So. We've heard a lot of drivers talking about the heat in the cars, especially in this situation under the red. How's he holding up? He's good. No problems there. He's he's really really well fit, so he's good to go. Thank you. You're welcome. That is Britt Harvey. They call him Woody. He's on the radio with Renus VK, who currently runs in fourth. Yeah, these kids, they can handle this heat for sure. Uh, they're, 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 they're equipped for it. Michael Young, give us an update on the cleanup involving the car of Romain Grosjean. Yeah, they just got the car behind the wall. That's at the midway point of turn number eight. Grosjean hit just at the exit, moved the wall ever so slightly, so they've got that back into position. The car has now been moved behind the wall, and it looks like the AMR IndyCar safety team starting to work their way back into position, so hopefully we will get back to green momentarily. Yeah, and that was another issue, Davey. Very strange where the contact was uh, such to where it actually moved that uh, very heavy, very tough outside retaining wall, and they had to make some adjustments to that quickly. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't move it very much, but it only a couple inches that matters. You want those walls to be as smooth as possible just in case, again, if somebody was to hit in that same area, that it doesn't catch the car and, and, and make more of an erupt stop or do more damage than it needs to be. So they, uh, they red flagged it, uh, and that is a narrow part of the racetrack. Uh, Michael's down there and can see it. It's, uh, it's very narrow, so getting cars through that uh, safely while the safety workers uh, did their job was probably the reason they threw the red just to, to make sure everybody stays safe. Uh, Davey, we just got a look at a couple of the cars as they said on pit road. Uh, I, I, I would not call these tires anywhere close to stickers. The sheen is long <laughs> gone off of those tires. Yeah, yeah, they're long gone, and you can see some of the marbles actually built up on those, and, and I'll have to say it takes a little bit to get those off, so that's one thing that Will needs to be concerned about. But on the positive side, he knows everybody behind him's tires are going to look exactly the same way so uh, you know I think he's still in really good shape unless, unless from second back all pit and then, and then they come out to uh, with, with sticker tires but uh, I don't see that happen with uh, such a few laps. We're now. getting a look at uh, on, on things at Pit Road Davey and, and some of the guys that are out of contention that were up running among the front runners uh, like Jimmy Johnson and Dalton Kellett. I uh, think the NTT IndyCar Series race control uh, making the right move by moving these guys to the rear of the field for the restart. Yeah, when your lap's down like that, matter of fact, uh, you know, Kellett that we're talking about is a lap down. Jimmy Johnson's 19 laps down. There's no, there's no reason to have them up there, you know, interfering with uh, with the race that, that, 
that the drivers, fans, and these teams want to see, and that is, you know, let, let them go. Don't have a lap right in there messing it up. Uh, busy day tomorrow for all of us here. IndyCar qualifying. You could join us for that. A little adjustment to the format for this doubleheader weekend. Of course, uh, they ha- they'll have two groups, and uh, and uh, then we'll end up with a Firestone Fast 12, which will set the first 12 starting position. So essentially three rounds of qualifying for the NTT IndyCar Series. Then flag-to-flag coverage of race number two at noon Eastern here on Belle Isle. But sandwiched in between that... Indy Lights race number two as we're getting ready for the restart. Nick Yeoman, how about a recap of a very competitive race number one today? Yeah, in Indy Lights, uh, it was uh, quite interesting watching Kyle Kirkwood jump out to an early lead from pole position and uh, set the pace. And a closing laps, though, Swedish driver Linus Lundqvist started to run him down and, excuse me, got to within a half a second when it was all said and done. Not close enough to necessarily show him a wheel or a front wing, but certainly got close enough to make uh, young Kyle Kirkwood sweat a little bit. So Kirkwood picks up his second career win in Indy Lights. He moves to within 12 points of the championship lead. Linus Lundquist's second place finish moves him to within three points of the lead, and David Malukas remains the points leader, although a uncharacteristic fifth place finish. All three of those drivers, Mark, going to start one, two, three tomorrow shaping up for a really good championship battle in Indy Lights. Well, Ryan Marine, uh, you spend a fair amount of time on the sports car side of things, and uh, those folks in that IMSA paddock waiting patiently, are they not? Because don't they have a race to run after we complete this one? Uh, they do. So the pit lane is awfully crowded at the moment. A lot of team personnel, a lot of drivers, you, you, pretty much everybody from the IMSA paddock is here waiting for their chance to go, and many of them have connections to IndyCar or have raced IndyCars or what have you, so I think they're curious at seeing how this one plays out as well, and it won't be too much longer. Engines have refired after the second red flag of the day here at Belle Isle. Uh, First one uh, was for Felix Rosaquist, who found his way into the tire barrier on lap 23 when that throttle stuck, and uh, the car got up and over the tire barrier. It knocked tires up and over uh, the catch fence had also knocked over a section of that concrete wall to the point to where it had to be replaced, and then the rest of the walls had to be realigned. And uh, that was uh, what Nick Yeoman, some 78 minutes long, I think, was the length of that red flag period. Yeah, one hour and 18-minute uh, delay as they repaired not only the tire barrier but the fence and the wall itself. It was a great effort by everyone involved. And, uh, again, Felix Rosenquist, thankfully, uh, no reports of any injuries he was sent to a local hospital, but the good news is, Mark, that uh, he should be okay. All the cars have refired. All of the cars except for the leader, Will Power, car number 12. They've got the starter in the rear of that car, Davey, and that car will not fire. There are crew members inside the cockpit with Will Power trying to get that car refired. Uh-oh. <laughs> My goodness, Davey. Uh-oh. What, I, I mean, they, they, they are... They are working on Ryan Marine, you've got to look at what's going on. Taking a close look. They're pushing that car right now. They've got the starter at the back. They're doing everything in their power to try and get the Verizon 5G Chevrolet started for the leader. And as they do so, the field leaves without Will Power, who is stuck on pit lane. The engine will not refire for the race leader. How about that, Davey Hamilton? Oh, my goodness. How about that? I, I'm, I'm in shock right now, to be honest with you. When I'm sitting here watching it, we've seen this happen to Scott Dixon and Rossi, Indianapolis with the Honda power cars. Now we see only one Chevrolet car not wanting to fire up. Uh, 
under these conditions and and will said how hot he was and how disappointing is this guys i mean dominating the race and uh <laughs> not dominating but leading the race in good hand and now it won't fire uh, he led 37 laps which is double what scott dixon led and i mean he was well on his way to a win and they are pushing that thing ryan marina they push that thing back to the pit box that appears to be the case. Back towards the pit wall, at least. His pit stall is not all that close to pit out, which is where that car is located at the moment. So I uh, don't know if they can get it down to perhaps a, a team's pit stall, a teammate's pit stall that's a little bit closer, or if they're just going to try and do the work right there. But, oh, this is disaster for Will Power. Well, Nick Yeoman, in that well-documented press conference with he and Alexander Rossi, he was talking about the prospects of wanting to fight somebody at some point, another driver from another series maybe, or maybe a, a driver from this series or punch somebody. I can imagine. I can only imagine how he feels right now. Uh, you thought he felt hot inside of that race car? I, I can't imagine uh, what Will Power is thinking right now. This is uh, – I've seen it all now, Mark. We've seen just about everything today. Will Power, that car being pushed backwards on pit lane. A wind evaporating in the Detroit River. And, Davey, this is why there are those on both sides of the issue with throwing red flags at the end of the race. Some are yes. for it and some against it. Yeah, and, I, you know, I, I feel bad for Will. He really worked hard. His team worked hard. They needed this luck um, and alive. And let me tell you nothing. It's been a long time since Roger Penske's won a race. This may be another record on, uh, on the time between wins for Roger Penske. So, uh, now how about this, though? Erickson could be... Uh, you could have this thing in hand. He's got Sato behind him. You know that's not going to be easy keeping Sato back. He's going to be hungry. But a couple guys that haven't won this year, so it could keep that uh, that first-time win streak alive. I mean, Davey, think about it. I mean, if you would have had that red flag rule once upon a time, there are probably some guys who wouldn't have 500 wins, and maybe one driver in particular that wouldn't have three 500 wins who won all three under caution. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So, uh, you know, it just it's, it has to play your way. I'll have to say right now that Will Power, knowing how good he is and the records that he was uh, that he is setting, right now the bad luck's kind of struck him a little bit. I mean, from like from this year, yep. it just things haven't gone his way. Yep, for sure. And we thought that Will Power was posed to uh, make a big climb of the points. He was plus like eight positions now, and. Uh, Will Power continues to tumble down the grid, and he's currently shown in that 19th position. But the good news is for Marcus Harrison, Nick Yeoman, who's leading the field around turn number four. This is pretty unbelievable, Mark. I mean, Alex Pillow, Pato Award, Renus VK, first-time winners already in 2021, and Marcus Harrison is staring at a late restart out in front of him and one of the most aggressive drivers in IndyCar history in Takuma Sato behind him with a chance to score career win number one. Well, and Michael Young, there are even more aggressive drivers behind Takuma Sato into turn number seven. Yeah, Renus VK's right there. This will give him an opportunity to rebound and Pato Award. He was charging late in this race, trying to make up some ground, so he sits in fourth. Pagino fifth. Ed Jones with a good day. He'll finish or start or restart in that sixth position. Graham Rahal's there. This will be the restart of Mark Erickson's career trying to get victory number one here in the NTT IndyCar Series. No pressure on him, Davey. Just a two-time Indy 500 <laughs> winner lined up behind him. Yeah, that's right. And, and as, as Nick said, one of the most aggressive guys that we've ever 
ever seen in our series behind you, knowing that he wants this win as well. So Erickson's got his hands full, but, man, he can get it done. He was fast, pulled away from those guys early on. We'll have to see. Oh, gets a little loose on the green flag right there. We'll see what happens. Ah, that's a two-car lead. Let's see if that Husky chocolate stays cool under pressure here as they start to stack up behind him. Pottawa Ward takes a peek to the inside of Takuma Sato. Redis VK does an issue for Sato on the restart. He's going to lose a couple of positions. He's going to tumble back to the fourth position as both VK and Award work their way around Takuma Sato. This is exactly what Marcus Erickson wanted to see as they battle for second, third, fourth, and for fifth as Simon Pagano stuffs it up the inside of the 18 of Ed Jones. They're both going to lose a spot to Graham Rahal and Santino Ferrucci, who's leaning on Simon Pagano at the exit of turn number four. Mark, they're banging wheels all over the place. Yep, uh, Santino Ferrucci is going to grab a spot. It looks like uh, also Alexander Rossi is looking to pick up a position. Meanwhile, down the back straightaway, Marcus Harrison leads Rita's VK to Michael Young. Yeah, three car length advantage for Marcus Erickson, but that battle is on for second. It's Renus VK and Pottawa Ward. Renus VK about a half. Oh, and Pottawa Ward. He'll wiggle ever so slightly behind Renus VK, breaking into turn number eight. Marcus Erickson checking out about five car lengths. That's a great battle. Second, it's right there. Pottawa Ward trying to get around VK. So it's Erickson, VK, and Pottawa Ward, the top three. Cicado, uh, Takuma Sato tumbled the fourth. Ray Hall is fifth. Ferrucci is sixth. Rossi is seventh. Ed Jones is eighth. Scott Dixon is ninth. Simon Pagino on that last lap with all that was going on between turns three and six. Simon Pagino lost a couple of positions. Erickson with the advantage now of four tenths of a second as they appeared to finally get Will Power's car restarted, but he is mired deep in the field, two laps down in the 19th position. The leader, two laps from victory lane for his first career win in the NTT IndyCar Series is Marcus Erickson, leading Renus VK and Pottawa War. It was a great restart, but Erickson has not gotten away and run away and hid because VK and Polo, or excuse me, VK and O'Ward giving chase. They set up for the right-hander of turn number six, Marcus Erickson, in that red and white car trying to pull away. He's got about a four-car length advantage over VK. Awards car got a little crossed up as they all hit to turn seven. That, that advantage for Marcus Erickson has closed. Renus VK has about a six-car length disadvantage to Marcus Erickson. Again, Pato Award tries to stuff it into turn number eight and get underneath the rear wing there of Renus VK. Two car lengths back is Pato Award, but the leader, Marcus Erickson, four car lengths through 11. Yeah, and Erickson is starting to stretch it out a little bit. He's gotten it up to nine-tenths of a second, but the battle is for the second position between the young guns. Renus VK and Pato Award. Pato Award is right there in the tire tracks of Renus VK, waiting for him to make the smallest of error as they head back to the start finish line and they see the white flag. One lap to go for Marcus Erickson trying to get to victory lane. The lead seven tenths of a second. Seeing how the podium shakes out. The front three have all been checked out now. Erickson, VK, and O'Ward setting up for turn number four. It is the 37th career IndyCar start for Marcus Erickson. He's seen teammates Scott Dixon and Alex Below both go to victory lane already this season. And the advantage looks to be growing a bit through turn number five. The advantage is four car lengths over Renus VK. Back to the right for the final time in through turn number six as he'll jump on the accelerator. Michael, it looks good. Marcus Erickson pulling away here on the final lap. 
He finished as the runner-up last year, a seventh car-length advantage over Renus VK. The leader, Marcus Erickson, the unassuming Swede, trying to get his first NTT IndyCar Series win. Meanwhile, that battle for second, it continues on. Renus VK with a half-car-length advantage over Pottawa Ward, but here comes Marcus Erickson through 11 for the final time. Marcus Erickson competed in Formula One for five seasons with Slobber from 2015 to 2018. A lot of folks were very, very surprised when he made the decision to come to the NTT IndyCar Series. It's been a slow and steady climb to Providence for Marcus Erickson. Twin checkers out, and for the first time in his NTT IndyCar Series career, he will go to victory lane at Belle Isle. Renus VK finishes second. Pato Award is third. Takuma Sada was fourth. And Graham Rahal completes the top five. How about another first-time winner in the NTT IndyCar Series, Davey Hamilton? Great, great run by him. And how about Ganassi having three of his four drivers in victory lane out of the first seven races? Pretty amazing. And how about Graham Rahal? Again, he's the guy that doesn't qualify very well, starts towards the back. Him and his teammate Frucci both gained 15 spots to put Graham Rahal in that fifth position. And Frucci in sixth. Great run by that team as well. Yeah, we talked about it in the pre-race show, Davey, about how Rahal led him in and Racing. Always seems to struggle when it comes to you know, putting things together and qualifying. But, boy, when race come, the race day comes, they always find the pace. And, uh, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to uh, to Ray Hall and Ferrucci and, uh, and and Sato for sure. Get all of those cars in the top ten. Great day for Bobby Ray Hall. Yeah, actually, yeah, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Not to forget Sato, but great run by that team. It's all started towards the back. Rossi, a little bit of a, little bit of a, you know, a positive note in that seventh position. You know, hasn't had the luck he needed. But Dixon again felt like he had the, the car to beat early on until that red flag, that first red flag came out, got him out of sequence, but still fights his way back to eighth position. And Davey, we mentioned that going into this race, Chevrolet had started to close the gap a little bit. Honda now enjoys a 20-point advantage in the battle for the championship championship the manufacturers championship chevy with a second and third spots on the podium but uh, other than that it was all honda until you get back to the 10th position at joseph newgarden yeah great run by those but you have to remember the car that wouldn't start a chevrolet the guy that we thought should have won this race or was going to was was will power that was a chevrolet would have put two chevrolets in the top three which would have definitely helped them out in that end year uh, season ending championship for the manufacturers but you're right from fourth all the way back to that ninth position is all hondas now uh, marcus erickson is headed to the fountain davy hamilton and, and i don't think that uh, <laughs> i don't think you have to twist his arm to get him to jump into that fountain after the, 70 some odd laps around this place yeah there is a tradition but uh as hot as these cars are and these cockpits are with these windscreens on there he'll be happy to go get in that water for sure <laughs> yeah some pretty good runs outside of the top 10 as well i mean i know sebastian Bourdais helped for a better fate simon pagino faded after that last restart but uh, pretty solid days for uh, for connor daly and uh, again alex below i think davy did a pretty decent job of minimizing the damage considering he rolled off 25th today he was able to bring it into a 15th place finish yeah, not what he wanted by any stretch. Still leads the championship by 15 over. How about this guy, uh, Scott Dixon, falls one spot. No, actually, he, he was in third going in, but it's still the same with uh, Pato Ward in second, Scott Dixon in third, which we're, we're used to seeing Scott Dixon up there, but usually in the top of those three.
Uh, Davey, I think we're in for a pretty tight championship battle all season long, especially if we keep getting these first-time winners. Well, well what happens, you know, just as I mentioned, when, with Will Power was going to win the race, it moved him up like uh, six in the championship, 80-some out. Simon Passion, I seen that he was way up there. A little bobble, it drops him right back down to that championship. How about even Colton Herta? You know, at one point he was fighting for it. He finds himself ninth. 93 back, losing two positions today. and uh, But uh, but Erickson puts him back in contingency. He's seventh, 74 out. So uh, I want to give you the full field rundown. Erickson, your winner. VK is second. Award is third. Asada is fourth. Ray Hall is fifth. Harucci is sixth. Alexander Rossi seventh. Scott Dixon eighth. Ed Jones ninth. Joseph Dugarden tenth. Bourdais is eleventh. Pagano twelfth. Connor Daly thirteenth. Herta fourteenth. Below fifteenth. Sixteenth Harvey. 17th Hinchcliffe, 18th Kellett, 19th McLaughlin, Will Power, 20th, 21st Ryan Hunter Ray, 22nd Max Chilton, 23rd Roman Grosjean, 24th uh, Jimmy Johnson, and 25th Felix Rosenquist. Will Power led three times for 73 laps. Scott Dixon led once for 16 laps. Erickson led once for five laps. The last five that counted, obviously. Ray Hall led four laps. Pato Award led three laps. Let's hear from second place finishing Rita's VK, Joel. He started 12th, worked his way all the way up to second. Not bad for your debut. You are drenched in sweat. I imagine this has got to be a physical test even greater than what you expected. Yeah, it's an uh, awesome result. Very happy. I have to thank the team, of course. Chevy Power, uh, best Chevy. So very happy with that. And uh, yeah, it's an awesome track. I enjoy it here. And I like street courses, being a little crazy. So, uh, no, definitely very awesome. And, uh, yeah, heat-wise, it was pretty warm. Actually, like, physically it was fine, but I just got a lot of sweat dripping in my face. So that was the only thing bothering me. But for the rest, no, very good results. Good for the points. And, uh, yeah, very excited for tomorrow because we were fast. You know, it turned out to be obviously a strange race with a couple of red flags. How do you feel about tomorrow? Do you think that you can put the car up front like this again, even if it goes green to the end? I think we can do better on qualifying. Uh, we took a little uh, little bit of a risky uh, strategy, so uh, 12th was all we could do. But anyway, uh, we were very fast, and qualifying isn't that important because, you know, it's a crazy track. You've seen what happened, so uh, definitely good qualifying will help. But, uh, yeah, that'll come tomorrow. Second place for Renus VK. Congratulations. Thank you. Let's go to victory lane and Ryan Marine. It is a very happy victory lane for the Husky Chocolate Chip Ganassi Racing Team. Marcus Erickson, you are an NTT IndyCar Series race winner. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That sounds pretty good to me. It does indeed, and it happened in what has to be described as some very strange circumstances when the team told you to go, to pass Will Power because he couldn't get his car started. What went through your mind? Yeah, I mean, I thought for once, you know, we, I've been here now, it's my third year, and it's been a lot of bad luck. I don't want to blame bad luck, but it's been not a lot of good luck, let's put it that way. And then I think today what happened was, you know, it was just my day, I think. And obviously I feel sorry for Will. He did a tremendous job there, and, you know, he deserved to be up there. You know, I wanted to fight it out with him for the win in the end there, but uh, still I'll take it. You know, I, I, I won the race, and, and we won the race, and it was a team effort, and I'm so happy. You had a successful career in Formula One, but there your ability to win is limited by who you drive for. You came to IndyCar to win races, to show your talent, and now you've done it. It was a big celebration when you got out of that car. What were your emotions when you finally got to celebrate uh, jumping out and, and joining your team? You know, I, ten years since I won a race. You know, it's, it's a very long time. Like I say, F1 is, is tough because 
if you're not in the right team, you don't have really the chance to win. And, uh, and that was me for five years. I came over here to IndyCar with that fire to try and win again. And I worked really hard. And I've had people believe in me, both in the team, but also back home, you know, supporting me and believing in me. And to get to victory lane just means a lot. How are you going to celebrate tonight when you've got to do it all over again tomorrow? I don't know. I'll just soak this in and celebrate today. And then, you know, if we get one, why don't go for two? Why not indeed? Congratulations, Marcus Erickson. Yet another first-time winner in the NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, even in victory lane, he's somewhat reserved. And uh, I tell you what, that, that, guy's, uh, he's, that, that young man's got a tremendous amount of confidence and a great hit on his shoulders, Davey. Absolutely. I mean, with, without a doubt. I mean, it's hard to stay cool, calm, collective. But uh, man, you know, how to, he knows how to get the job done now. He's a winner. Uh, once you once you do it once, you know how to do it. That means you can do it again. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see what he does from here on out. So, uh, but again, Power led thirty-seven laps, and Davey had awfully frustrated and aggravated Will Power, and uh, understandably so. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to hear what he has to say, and I totally understandable. I mean, if, uh, he had this race well in hand. Uh, he, he worked hard. I mean, you can see how hot and tired these drivers are. Um, I, I, I haven't seen. Matter of fact, Erickson has a bright red suit on, and his face is exactly the same color. So, I mean, you know, he's hot, and uh, man, I tell you, it's. Uh, it's a bummer for Will not to, not to be able to finish this one. Uh, so, again, the battle for the points championship looks like this. Alex Below sees his lead shrink to 15 over Pottawa Ward, and Scott Dixon is 26 points back, and Renus VK 32 points back. Simon Pagino is closed within 44 points. The Chevrolet Detroit Grand Prix was brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends, American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series, and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. By Racing Electronics, in-car race communications provided by Racing Electronics. By the Indy Racing Experience, the fastest seat in sports. The Children's Foundation, proud sponsor of racing for kids. Henchman Racing Uniforms, nothing fits like a henchman. By Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. By Coors Light, cold as the Rockies. Coors Light is proud to be the official beer partner of the IndyCar Series. Coors Light, made to chill. By Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. By Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. Borgwater, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. By Owens Corning, official safer barrier provider of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by NTT, official technology and title partner. Our driver analyst today was Davey Hamilton, color commentary by Nick Yeoman. In the pits, Ryan Marina, Joel Sebastianelli, chief engineer and on-site producer is Rick Evans. Satellite support by Scott Brigette. Our producer is Sam Rumpson. The network director is Chris Pollock. This is Mark James inviting you to tune in again tomorrow for race number two from the streets of Belle Isle. Our pre-race starts at noon Eastern on many of these same outlets. Proceeding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.